the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, here we are. We are now in uh, Wednesday's edition of our local uh, legislature meeting at the Capitol. We're on the third floor house side uh, doing our thing as we normally do. Here on Tuesday or on Wednesday, okay. there is a brand new bill that we uh, we heard about today that uh, we wanted to talk about. Let me get my information up here so we can talk about it. Uh, I got to find it first. Is that that 911 bill? Yeah, the 911 bill. I definitely want to talk about the 911 bill. That's important that we talk about it. Here it is. Here. All right. The 911 bill, better known as House Bill 1564. Okay, we're we're having a little bit of problem with Mevo. I'll I'll get to working on it here as I can. It's kind of hard to do it while I'm on the air. But uh, the uh, House Bill 1564, called, uh, has been given the title 911 bill. Uh, provides important funding to reform 911 and modernize the Arkansas, <coughs> excuse me, Wireless Information Network or AWIN, but it also includes a huge special interest giveaway for 19 small companies that uh, serve only 4% of Arkansas households. Wow! I just pulled up the bill. It's 56 pages long. Yeah. This legislation will increase taxes and fees on every, let me hit that again, every cell phone, prepaid card, tablet, smartwatch, and other devices with a wireless plan in order to give $8 million in subsidies to small telephone companies. In reality... This money comes with no strings attached, the, uh, no accountability for this money, and no assurances that it will uh, be used for broadband. Here's what the special interest money grab does. Exactly. Let's give it to you. It uh, raises taxes and fees on millions of Arkansans, including... Any consumer with a cell phone or wireless uh, device. That would be your tablets or anything like that. Dishes out an $8 million slush fund for only 19 companies that already rake in millions in state and federal support. Hands out subsidies to 19 companies that serve 4% of Arkansas households. 96% of Arkansas households get no benefit from this special interest giveaway at all. Increased taxes and fees on every cell phone, tablet, smart watch, or other device with a wireless plan by $1 per month per device. 
a family with two cell phones and one additional device. Let's say you got you got a device. You get you've got a cell phone. Your wife has a cell phone, and you have an iPad. So that's three devices. A family with two cell phones, one additional device would pay thirty-six to forty-three dollars more per year in taxes and fees. You don't think that doesn't add up to a lot? I'm going to say probably two million people at thirty-six dollars a purse a pop. Maybe more. Or family. Families and small no, businesses no, no. with additional devices would pay even more. Oh, there's already quite a few taxes on phone bills, aren't there? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's We're the highest. We are the highest phone or a cell phone taxed state in the union. What is it? Is it? It's a lot. Is it six or eight bucks on a $35 it's a bill lot. or something like that? It's a lot. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's too much. Now, I'm not saying that something doesn't need to be done about 911. You've heard me talk about something needs to be done uh, about it. But what doesn't need to be done is to be fixing the 911 system all across the state and then passing out free money to people who shouldn't get free money. Well... It's that's, that's unfortunately that's the way the government works here. Is we we give away money from it's called crony capitalism. We find ways to to to, to lobby for um, free handouts, and that's unfortunately that happens. Yeah, we are working on getting somebody here, a, a legislator, to come on and talk about this, or some of the lobbyists that have been out here on both sides of mm-hmm. the issue uh, to talk to them about why these nineteen specific small phone companies are going to get $8 million. And if I do my math, that's about a half a million dollars for each of them to get up to $8 million bucks. Is that right? 19 yeah, That's pretty close with to eight? it. Yeah, about, four, about four-tenths of a million, maybe, something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, close to that. So over $400,000, let's just say. Mm. And all they represent is 4%. Mm-hmm. Of the state now is the state or the people in the state? Let, let's let me go back and get that again. Four percent of, of Arkansas households. That's all. Now I'm going to be. I'm, I'm sure some of the the statements we'll hear is, well, we need that money because this is rural Arkansas. And somebody go get a mirror and look in it. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to pay extra so that the rural part of Arkansas can have this. We're trying to get Jim Dotson to come on with us to talk about this. Right, it looks like the house just got out, so we may yeah. get some traffic. See this what way might be and coming and get a I chance wonder, to maybe talk I should, about maybe this. I should. Stephen Meeks, he might be able to answer those questions. That would also. be a good one as well. Let me, Ask send, him a, let me send him a message. See if you can drop by for you know, 15 minutes and and talk to us a little bit about this because, like I've said, here's the key. You don't mind finding an issue that really needs to be taken care of. And to say the 911 system doesn't need to be, that needs to be taken care of is an understatement. I mean, I tasted how Lone Oak runs. I mean, think of this for a second. 
put yourself in my, my, my shoes. Three years ago, I'm having a heart attack. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a spike that's been driven down into my shoulder. I have my son sitting on the couch, and literally what I'm using him for is to squeeze his shoulder when the pain comes on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing that. Pick up my phone, dial 911. The person at the other end answers the phone. 911. Yes, ma'am. I think I'm having a heart attack. I have severe chest pains, and I need an ambulance. And the person at the other end says to me, well, we see that you live in the rural part of the county. We only take care of the city of Cabot. Please hold. As opposed to, okay, we'll get an ambulance out that's there right exactly away. That's exactly right. Here that seems like a pretty reasonable response. Well, that's what I thought I was paying all my, my taxes for, but evidently not. And look, R.D. can talk to this better than I can. He was on the quorum court in Lono County during the time they were fighting over this. And how the mayor and, and uh, the county uh, judge and all the rest of them couldn't couldn't find any common ground uh, to to take care of it mm-hmm. about you know what what kind of technology are we going to use and all that they're fighting amongst each other dudes you're there to serve the people for god's sake serve the people swallow your freaking pride and let's get it taken care of well it's it's, it's kind of silly because at, at some point when you when you end up with you can call uber and get better service and faster service than what you'd get from from the well, 911 system. Well, in Lone Oak, of course, because in Lone Oak, you don't know if you're really talking to the right person or not. Apparently not, and they're not apparently they're not even smart enough to say, "Oh, well, you're having a heart attack. I will make sure an ambulance gets to your yeah, place. We have your address. That. It will there will there's one coming. Please hold. Please hold. That was great. Please hold. Wow. So how, how long did it take you to actually get in touch with them? They somebody? were out there in about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Wow. And I think we probably could have seen that happen in half that time and uh luckily nothing happened i mean i went to the hospital and they waited three days before they did open heart surgery Mm -hmm. but uh bottom line was is that uh you know lone oaks fathers couldn't get together and the big argument was well who's going to pay what so now the money's there but they're fighting over all this extra money that they want to give out to 19 Small telephone companies. Yeah. Sometimes, maybe, maybe you go that, figure, folks. Maybe that helped crease the skids. I don't. I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe don't know. to get the. Maybe they had to give some money to some of these different uh, phone companies to get certain state uh, senators and uh, representatives to get on board and maybe so. say I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. It's, so it's frustrating at, with how, how legislation gets gets run through sometimes. So we're going to wait. Uh, we're going to try to get somebody in here to talk about this bill with us and uh, find out what exactly is going on because I think the person I was talking to, because I I, I kind of smelled something about this uh, here in the Marble Halls, and we finally got, our, got ourselves, uh, uh, you know, somebody to tell me about it. And the bottom line is, uh, 
it would be nice to get some uh, more flesh on the bones here, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. I sent a message to Stephen Meeks and Jim Dotson. Maybe we can get one of those guys to come by and talk to us. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we are uh, at the state capitol. We're on the third floor on the House side, and uh, we'll try to get the Mevo unit up and, and running. We've got a hot spot for it. Should be running. There's a little problem with it. I'm going to talk to Zach when we go to break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're on the third floor on the House side. The House has uh, broke for the day. They'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but we're trying to get a few people over here to talk to us about the 911 bill right now because, you know, I want to, like I said, it makes sense that we want to fix. 911 across the state of Arkansas, but not not in having to give away, you know, eight million dollars uh, in taxpayer money to make it happen. You know, um, everybody's got their hand out here wanting extra money. And I don't know exactly what it's, what it's for. Maybe there's an explanation for it that's sensible, but but um. So I don't know. The, uh, I don't know if there's a sensible explanation, except that maybe they're trying to get some people to support the bill. It's that's possible. It's possible. That that kind of thing happens sometimes, unfortunately, and that's that's um, kind of rotten. All right. But, so um, we're so trying to get we'll somebody see. over here that uh, I'm sure are, they're sitting on the committee where this is show up at, and they can talk to us about it. Because yeah, so I'm te- I'm trying to think this is. Going to be is that the technology committee? Is that that's Meeks's uh, committee. That may be kind of right up Meeks' alley to to, to to figure that out. I'm not sure. So um, we'll, we'll wait to hear from him. Yes, and, yeah, um, talk about this and see what he has to say. Yep. I'll fire off a real quick email to him as well. Yep. Let me get him in here. Let's see, Stephen Meeks. There it is. Can uh, you? It would, be, it would be interesting to see if it, maybe they needed to find a totally different uh, approach to this, and maybe work with some software, kind of like one, one, kind of like what yeah. um, Uber uses for their cars, because they can they can figure out where you are and and get a person to you efficiently, from what I understand. Yeah, and um, government on the other can, hand, yeah, you would think that if there's a company out there that could has the technology to get this done, uh, we might. You don't have to invent the wheel, right? They may just be able to, be able to, to do something for a... to get things done. I mean, that, that drives me crazy as well. When uh, the government can look at, oh, we we need to do this. Well, they do this over here and here and here at these companies. Well, we don't want to depend on them. We'll go figure it out ourselves, no, and it take them five or six years to do it. At, at forty, at forty times the cost, maybe. Yeah, maybe that might be exactly right. Yeah, and so, and so, sometimes you might have a five-dollar hammer out there that'll work just fine, but the government needs to reinvent their hammer, so it costs seventy dollars. And there's your government efficiency. Yeah. So anyway, but, we're waiting. I'm waiting to see what's going on as far as uh, this is concerned. I, like I said, we heard about this. What time was it? We were having lunch 
in the cafeteria when we came upon it. So that that was about 1230. Yeah. So we're talking just a couple of hours ago. Yeah, I, so I, I had a legislator stop me earlier today and t- told me something about it a little bit as well. And and um, so I don't know. I don't know where it's at if in committee right now, or if it's passed out of committee, or yeah, I don't know. Um, well, we don't know a lot here on this one. Well, it's I a have, big long I've, bill. It's like fifty-six pages long. Yeah, I talked to. Uh, I sent a, a te- uh, pardon me. Yeah, text out to Stephen Meek. See if we can get him over here. Uh, to talk about it. By, by the way, congratulations to David Meeks. He's going to work for DHS, and he's going to be uh, a person who works with, I believe, new uh, adoption, adoption parents or fostering or something that, that I can look. Let me see if I can get the exact on that. That may be kind of right up his alley. He's, heard he's adopted well, yeah. some children here in the last few years. Yeah, something that he I'm looking here. Take me a moment to find this. I'm looking for it. Let's see. That's not where it's at, so it must be over. I do have an update on another bill. Okay, good. Senator Hester um, passed his um, asset forfeiture bill out of committee this morning. Good. That's great news. A a good thing to see. Oh, yeah. What was interesting is that the prosecutors were actually on board with it, which was... A little bit surprising to me, seeing as it seems like in the past the the um, that group kind of in general was in favor of being able to take people's property without as much um, um, justice, if you will, as much due process as, as what we would generally think about would be appropriate in, in in that arena, and so that was encouraging as far as that goes, and and. I kind of wondered if maybe it had something to do with the fact that we had the, the major Supreme Court ruling that came down last week. Maybe that helped sway their opinions, but maybe it was maybe their minds were already made up on this issue, and they were kind of coming around to the fact that you know you really shouldn't take people's money or their stuff without convicting them of the crime. Yeah, and there's really that might no be a good place to start. It seems like it because we've heard stories where um, someone, for whatever reason, has a bunch of cash on them and government takes it and then occasionally you'll have have um cases where they just their their procedural they, their procedures just cause them to fall through the cracks and they lose it and they don't get it back and that's just um it, it kind of makes me sit back and think well how do we differentiate between pirates and these and the people in government that are taking people's money without cause and keeping it all right and that's kind of frustrating yeah david meeks has started a new position as foster parent support specialist government state government is no different than the military they can't just say the guy that handles foster new foster parents they gotta, yeah they got to have a foster parent support specialist hmm. at uh, arkansas department of human services so david meeks moves into that position uh, here at not state capital, but uh, in, in state, state government. government. So just something to keep in mind. Okay. Just keeping up on all of this stuff. You gotta you gotta watch what's going on. It'll get yep. past you before you know what's happening. All right, we got news coming your way. Let's get the news, and then when we come back, hopefully we can get somebody here to talk about the nine one one bill. And uh, I'll send out a quick. Hit to David Meeks. Maybe we can get him on as well. Maybe so. 
We continue into the second half of our 2 o'clock hour. Coming up at 3 o'clock, the lieutenant uh, governor will be here with me uh, at 3. At 3.35, Congressman uh, Hill will be here with us, uh, second district. We'll be talking to him about what's going up in on in Washington, D.C. Uh, he'll have more to say about declaring an emergency and all of that. He'll have a lot more to talk about. Four o'clock, uh, Joe and Duck will be here to take on cars. Five o'clock, uh, joining us will be Robert Steinbach, our law professor. And uh, I think he uh, took it on the chin on one of the bills that he was really uh, pushing on and, and talked to me about yesterday. Uh, it did not, I believe, I heard even get a second. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah, it didn't even get that. a first, unfortunately. Not even a first, okay. Well, nobody didn't nobody even, said yay when they needed a yay. Yeah, they didn't even get a motion. Is yeah. it? Don't yeah. forget about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Uh, they're excited to announce, as I told you yesterday, uh, with Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. They've bought them. Uh, you're going to get probably the, the better... Uh, cleaning of your gutters than you've ever had. Nothing against Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. I just know Joel Johnson, the owner of uh, PI Roofing, and know that he's going to give you the highest quality gutter cleaning uh, service you can possibly get. And uh, with that recent purchase, if you've been with uh, Tommy's Gutter, understand now that PI Roofing and Home Solutions uh, owns them. You can also get the great comprehensive roofing from PI Roofing and uh, their home repair services and expertise they have. Like if you got a big old stain in the roof of the bedroom, or uh, you know you got water between the, you know the two by fours and behind the drywall, they can fix that all for you. Or maybe your son-in-law did what my son-in-law did and put his foot through the ceiling. Uh, they can fix that as well as well. Learn all about it. Just go to piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. Don't forget that the Dave Ellswick Show broadcasts live Monday through Thursday and Friday as well from between 2 o'clock and uh, 6 o'clock as uh, we carry uh, my show on facebooklive.com slash the Dave Ellswick Show, and you can uh, watch what's going uh, going on here. You'll see our guests when they come by, hear what they have to say about uh, legislation and things of of that uh, nation. I got to tell you, when I think it can't get any worse, it gets worse. Then um, I'm going to move away from local politics uh, a little bit. I mean. You who listen to the show on a daily basis know that I'm adamantly pro-life. And uh, it's, it's been really tough on, on me to watch what's happened in New York State, Virginia, um, up in Maine. They had changes up there. And now in Oregon. And, uh, of course, these are highly liberal state, mm-hmm. so it's no surprise that their liberalism uh, has driven them mad and has given them all the sway they need to kill living so, human beings. And, so, and with, that, with that in mind, 
You, I'm going to turn this uh, story over to you, Paul. So I saw somebody posted something on Facebook, and so I saw a, apparently a, a news story from the Washington Times where Governor Kate Brown had signed a landmark bill to basically provide free abortions, even for illegals. And w- what is wrong with these people? Listen, the, the government of Oregon the, is paying for these abortions freely. Yeah, so it's, it's but not, it's not freely because <laughs> the abortions are being paid by the taxpayers. Free, so it looks like it's, it's called the it's a $10.2 million Reproductive Health Equity Act. Health Equity Act. I'm sorry. This is not reproductive health. This is killing children. It's preventing reproduction or actually stopping reproduction, killing people who are already who've already been produced. And this is not reproduction. This is the, the stopping of reproduction. This is killing people. Yeah. It's extermination. Yeah. It's just picking out another group that we want to take uh, protection of life from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly what has happened uh, here in uh, Oregon, except that they've gone that one step further, For- and they're going to make everybody pay their taxes. And how much did you say it was? It was I think it was $10.2 million okay. Reproductive Health Equity Act. Right. For $10.2 million, they can kill as many children as that will pay for. So the so, uh, act includes... 500,000 for abortions for the estimated 22,873 women who would be eligible for the Oregon Health Plan. Um, How many again? 22,873 would be eligible for free. Under the first of its kind law, most of which that goes means into you effect, and me. Oregon insurers must provide 100% coverage for abortions without copays or deductibles. You know, I'll be honest. Can we kick these people out of the union? If if I lived in in Portland, this would be a law that I would have to speak against and look to get out of that state and go to a state that honors and supports and celebrates life. Can we just kick Oregon out of the union? No. This seems like a a good enough reason for it. Not going to (laughs) happen. No, it's not going to happen. You know that. I know that. But it's just... So sad that we have got a group of people in this country that the holy, you know, their their holy belief is that killing babies is a good thing. They'll say it's not, but it must be if you're going to make you're going to pay. To let people well, get them. Well, the, the the thing is, they say that they want it to be safe and rare. And then more recently, I heard they they took that rare stuff uh, out of well, it. Well, the, the rare thing is kind of a uh, that's crazy. But more recently, I heard, I believe it was some woman testified over in the Senate committee. She said she was giving her baby back to God. I'm sorry, that's pretty messed up. Now that was here. That was here in the Capitol. That was here in our capital. That's, that's pretty messed up. Did we ever get that on? Um, recording so we can play that back no i have not okay. i would think we could probably go back pull it off the, uh, and pull it off of the uh the mm-hmm. website yeah I, I think we probably can and, and get that we need to get that i, I think i, I maybe sent, play that i'm wanting to say maybe i sent that to elizabeth okay so to Lara. maybe i tagged her in a facebook post but i think it's i think i, I think i recorded that somewhere so that we yeah. should be able to go back and yeah get we that need recording. to pl- probably start uh playing more sound like when jet Got out of hand as it 
committee chairman and and the lady from the the uh, state police admitted mm-hmm. that uh, the, the amount of money to... that was being uh, paid to um, have um, the license uh, the, the license for their guns. Well, we we can't cut that back because how in the world will we be able to? take care of people's uh, or the state police's uh, retirement accounts. That's that's rather painfully insane to to have government officials come up in a committee meeting lobbying with your tax dollars, of course, Mm -hmm. yeah, and and advocating, saying that, you know, we can't allow our Kansans to know that they have the right to keep and bear arms or to ensure them of that because they might stop buying these licenses and we might have to fire people. That sounds like a good idea. Let's fire some people. Well, let's start, they, they let's didn't start say with these. that. They just said that well, we don't know where we'll get the money to replace the money we need yeah. for retirement. Well, actually, actually she, she was actually saying, I think, that, that they were going to, they might have to let some people go if they didn't get that money. And I can think of a good lobbyist for them to fire right now. That would A good her. person to start. Yeah, let's fire her. Because if that's your job, you shouldn't be doing uh, that job. That's yeah. I mean, if they've got so many line. extra people that they have t- that they have extra staff to come down here and lobby against our rights, she's a good person to let go. I think. Right. That, that's frustrating, though. And maybe right. maybe we can get some legislation going this session that will actually deal with some of these tax funded lobbyists. All right, we got a quarter till uh, three o'clock. Uh, Paul and I are here at the state capitol, third floor, on the house side. They're uh, trying to get some folks to come over and talk to us right now. I don't know if they're having some uh, meetings and things of that nature after the session. Uh, usually when I don't hear from a, uh, a politician, it's because they're in a meeting or something. And hopefully we'll be able to get them back to, to join us. And again, I personally want to talk about the 911 bill. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. Uh, the uh, lieutenant governor will be with us here in about 15 minutes. It's he, the, he might even be able to answer some questions about that. We might talk to him about it. The Dave Ellswick Show right here at the Capitol. Okay, so we're back here at the uh, the state Capitol. I'm looking over here, and here comes Mr. Gates. Yeah. You got time, Mr. Gates? All right, come on over, take a chair. Right, let me just explain to our listeners We've been talking about this 911 bill, and I got some real questions about it. We asked Stephen Meeks if he would join us. It's his committee. He's the chairman, and lo and behold, we just found out that he's uh, he's hearing that bill right now in the committee. So um, if we can't get him on today, I promise we'll do everything we can to uh, get him uh, on uh, tomorrow. Mickey Gates is with us. He's come up. He's cut uh, several pieces of legislation out. One of them that I'm really excited about is how they're going to do the committee selection process, which I think it's way too long in coming the way that Mickey Gates wants to do it. They do this at the federal level right now, and I don't know why we went to the seniority level that we did and then... We came back with a, a different thing two years ago, and now, Mickey, you want to go the complete full Monty on this, the way it should be. Well, it's it's it's. We have to be careful when we say 
they do like they do this like this in Washington. Normally, those are words not, I know. not to be modeled, but yes, it's, <laughs> but it, it's the best it, way of it doing is. it. And actually, I, I talked to uh, Congressman Westerman. He said, "Mickey, this is that's actually one thing that works well because it it best represents." each committee as the makeup of the whole. And so there's actually three resolutions that are being presented right now. Uh, Andy Davis has a really good bill that differs from mine. Uh, I obviously would think mine's better or I would not run mine. (laughs) Uh, Lane Jean has one that he's working on, and I'm sure that it's a fine bill too. And hopefully between the three of us, we can get together Figure out, make something. What's what's find out what best. And L- obviously, last time, last time we did this was on the freedom of speech bill. You had uh, Dan, uh, not Dan Douglas Sullivan, had his. You had Ballinger had his. You had Hammer had his, and they all got together. And they melded them together perfectly, right. and they got a great piece of legislation. Right, and that, that's what we're after. And we govern by consensus, generally as a legislature. Legislator, if you're not willing to have consensus, we don't go anywhere, and that's that's difficult for conservatives because conservatives don't want to give ground on anything because right. it's a compromise. Sometimes it's good to, to learn that you know what we can take one step forward instead of none, or or two back. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's what happens. But if we can, if sometimes we need a compromise, we'll take two steps forward and one step back, right. and that's okay too. And that's okay. You know, if I'm going to fall, let me fall forward. Yeah. <laughs> right. At, le- right. At least I'm not going backwards. And so, you know, the bill's very simple, or the resolution is very simple. Uh, it just says that uh, at the end of every general election, the people of Arkansas will have spoken on who they want to send to the to the House, and the Speaker recognizing that ratio, whatever ratio that is, uh, the Speaker elect will then uh, let each party know. Uh, how many members their party is going to be able to have representation on each of those committees, and that is to best reflect. So currently, right now, basically every committee would have five Democrats and 15 Republicans. Right. And, there, and, and let me tell you why that's a good thing. Currently, when we're trying to – well, not currently because we all got appointed, but in the previous session when it came your time to pick – you weren't necessarily getting the committee that you really wanted to serve on. Right. You were trying to make sure that your party didn't lose a, a position. And so if we if we thought the Democrats were going after a committee, okay, I'll take this one to block them out. Well, when I'm voting, when I'm having to move to block and not move to where I believe I would best serve or right. want to serve, then have we really done – has the system worked in our favor or has the system worked against us? I say that works against well, us. Has the system worked in, in, in showing for the people right. the way the people should be in committee? Right. So, gener- so in essence, what this means is when, uh, uh, when those committees are determined that, okay, this committee best re- these committees best ref- ref- reflect, like currently right now, it would be five Democrats on each committee and 15 Republicans. Then we would meet in the chambers, and then whoever has number one seniority, which I think is uh, Representative Meeks, would get to go pick any choice because there are 15 seats on six committees that he could pick. And then whoever has seniority, number two, if it's a Democrat or Republican. So you know the very first 15 in seniority get whatever. And now if all 15 were Republicans and all 15 picked judiciary, 
if the 16th Republican won it on judiciary, they couldn't, they get, couldn't, it. couldn't get it. Because that seat is reserved to right. be represented by the Democrat Party. Right. Correct. Or, or if, if it was vice versa, it'd be the other right. way. So that maintains that ratio, and people aren't fighting for position on a committee to maintain your party's position. So that allows us legislators, and it also re- it also respects seniority. When I first came in as a freshman, I think there was like 40-something of us. I drew in seniority 91. Same pe- people came at the same time. That's how getting picked last for the baseball team. That's part of life. It's, Did I you mean, do crow's feet? No, we actually get a little one of those little gumballs, you know, the clear gumballs. Yes. And you reach in there and you pick it up and you open it up and there's a number. That's your seniority. Okay. Representative Petty, for instance, I went from 91. Last session I was 71. This one I'm 51. This session, Representative Petty, who came in at the same time, she's seniority 30. Hmm. So we came in, we're peers, we came in at the same time, but she's got a, a, a close, a better ranking. So she's going to get a seat because if, you know, seniority, if, you know, she's 30 and half of them, not quite half of those with seniority are Democrat, she's going to be able to get. I respect that. That's part of what it is to pay your dues and to wait your turn. Right. So that that's what that bill is. I've got an, a couple others. One of them that I think is really important. And this we found this out recently. I have a friend. Uh, she's an elderly lady. She'd been in the hospital for a couple of months, hospital and rehab. She got out. She was out three days. She had gone to, she has to do dialysis. She got home from Dallas. Six o'clock in the morning, I get a call from her. Somebody had stolen a car, rear-ended her car, and totaled it. Hmm. So she While said, was in the driveway? Uh, is in the street. She, oh, she, she doesn't have okay. a driveway. Okay. And they totaled her car with a stolen vehicle. Right. Okay, here's a 72-year-old lady. She is on, She she's medically, I mean, she, she's had cancer several times. She's had heart attacks. She's had stents. She's had, she's got diabetes. She's lost, she just lost another toe. I mean, just of not, all not the things. It's just tough, tough life for her. So now she's out of car. Now she's got to go buy another car. So um, she said the insurance company would only give her $2,900. She bought the car about three years ago for $6,000. Mm-hmm. It has devalued. They were going to give her $2,900. She said, would you go to bat for me and call them? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm her power of attorney. So I, she gave me power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So I called them and said, I have her power of attorney. Can we negotiate? I got them up to $3,500. So I called the, the, the car dealership. He's a really nice guy, friend of mine. I called him up, told him what the situation was. She had bought the car from him right. six years ago. And I said, you know, I said, I've got it. My, my brother-in-law has been very generous. He's given me $3,000 for her mm-hmm. for another car to help her. Right. And I said, if we bring you the $3,000 today, can you wait until we get the remaining of it? She bought a, uh, a car for $6,250. Mm-hmm. Can you wait for the remainder of that till the insurance comes? Oh, yeah, sure, Mickey, it's you. Go ahead. Right. So we did that. Well, when she got the check, I went and cashed the check for her, went and paid it off. I took her title mm-hmm. down to the DMV. Uh-oh. Go ahead. And I said, okay, I want to pay tax. Okay, well, the tax is on $6,250. I said, well, wait a second. We have the sale of a vehicle. So, no, no, no. That was the insurance. I said, yeah, we sold it to the insurance company. They said, yeah, but a sale to the insurance company isn't considered a sale. And I said, what do you mean? We gave them a title. They have the vehicle. They have mm-hmm. the title. And they gave us money. When's that? Well, according to our rules, <laughs> that's not a sale. So, therefore, you get nailed for more, well, more, more sales and, tax. And here's the reason why. If you went and bought a $50,000 car today mm-hmm. and you paid the sales tax on it, 
and tomorrow you got totaled. Mm-hmm. The insurance company is going to pay you the sale of the car, and they're going to put on it the sales tax. Right. So you're made whole. Right. But if the car that you bought a couple of years ago was $6,000, and now the value is $4,000, we don't tax cars under 4000 So because the insurance company does not pay uh, there's no because it fell below. Who does this hurt? This hurts the poor yeah, among us. Yeah, of course it does. And so I, I've got a little bill that just says, first of all, a sale of a car as a, for an insurance claim to an insurance company is considered a sale. And that money that you get as a claim gets to be taken off. Generally, it is taken off if it's if above. It was a regular sale. If it's above four thousand dollars, the insurance company will include right. the tax. But because it flows falls below that threshold, mm-hmm. you don't get accounted. But like if I if I sold you, uh, I bought a car today, and I went and paid the taxes, and next week I sold you my car, I would get to take that sale back to the DMV, and they would refund me the tax on the value of that car that I sold. I think it's 40, maybe 30, 45 days. If you days. were to go buy another car. If I if I'd bought a car, mm-hmm. paid the taxes, and then sold that car to someone else, I would have got that, I would have got a refund on this tax on the portion that I sold that vehicle for. We are out of time. No. Can you come back and see me on Monday? I will. All right. We'll go through that last one. Thank you, okay. Mickey Gates. Here a pleasure. On the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Lieutenant Governor coming up next, and then Congressional uh, French uh, French Hill going to join us from District 2. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's do the 3 o'clock hour. we got some really uh, heavy hitters in this 3 o'clock hour. It's important. Who? Lieutenant Governor, you're one of them. Well, you got you got my upgrade. French Hill was my upgrade. Yeah. I left, and it was an upgrade, French Hill. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're the man. I'm glad to have you here today. Thank Tim. you for having me. I like the fact that you're. We ran right into each here. other. Well, I always do. I've been doing this since I know, 2003 I know. now. I know, but you know, you're down here on this house end, showing a little bit of partiality, and sometimes <laughs> I don't, I don't walk past you. you yeah, know? that's true. So, well, you yeah. want to walk in the rarefied air of the Senate. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know me. You know me. That's right. You know. Let me tell you the rarefied air in this building. It's at cafe. They have really. Have That's you, where you and I meet all man, the time. Let me time. tell you what they have. Let's give credit where credit's due. That's good. Uh, They've I upgraded mean, that. I've been eating down there for a long time, but they, I mean, it, they are really. They they've stepped it up, and uh, you know, it sounds silly, but it's good food. Food is one of the great pleasures that the Lord's given us, and uh, I love going down there and socializing with folks and hanging out and having meetings, and it's great food, and I, I'm. I have really. You just got to give credit where credit's due. They have done an awesome job down there, it is and a good job. Uh, I eat down there a lot. I think I think I ate twice today. All right. So here's uh, my question to you, though. Yes, sir. When is the little snack stand up here? When are they going to bring it back? You know, I don't know what's going on with that. I walked past there today, and you know, one of the things that we're missing, and this is obviously not what you asked me to come on talk but we'll about. We'll get but, on talk about. But but I, look, I, I think it's important. You know, coffee and caffeine is is needed, uh, particularly during session. And I thought, you know, downstairs closes at 2. It'd be great if there was a place over here where you could get a coffee and and of course, uh, you know you can get a soda now they're they're stocking the, sh- the machines up good yeah now. but i'm talking about a, you know somebody making some fresh pot of coffee now I'm here's the deal you. i'm not saying subsidize it i'm saying let somebody make a profit over there 
Now, I don't know. I have no idea. Wasn't the School of the Blind used to do that? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Did you see that awful article in the paper about about no. that? Uh-uh. Well, I'm just going. I'm just going to open up about this because this this really angered me. Okay. And a lot. And some other people have said that. So, and I and I'm not going to claim. For those of you listening who, are, you know, about to get your back up, I'm not claiming to know all the facts. Okay. Okay. All I did was read the paper. Okay. So right. I know what was in the paper. But apparently, there was. And Ben, you correct me if I forget some of these wrong. But apparently, there was a. Uh, a little snack snack bar yeah. type place in over at DHS. Oh, okay. Right. So factually correct so far, and it was run by um, some individuals who are blind, and the the deception and theft. Oh wow! People saying that they had one item when they had two. People acting like they didn't buy anything, and they walked out with stuff. Just complete abuse mm-hmm. is disgusting. Yeah, that is disgusting. And it was so bad. And I, and again, for those of you at, at DHS or uh, anywhere else who's listening, I'm not claiming to know all the facts. I just know what was in the paper. But let me tell you this. If half of the facts in that paper were true, it's disgusting. Um, it was so bad they had to close it. They were losing oh, they money. Lost so much money. And apparently, they, whoever they told, I'm not claiming to know all the facts, but whoever they told couldn't get it fixed. Wow. Let me tell you what. I'd have put a, I'd have put a camera or something down there, and I'd have yep. found out who was doing what. Let me tell you that. That is. That's horrible. Yeah, because now, over here they did very well. They up did, it, didn't uh, they? yeah, they did very well. Did not hear of that going on here. I don't know uh, what happened to this one, but if you hadn't seen that article, uh, I'll know, look it up. Uh, look it up because I actually had some constituents come up to me. Uh, was that yesterday? I think some folks came up to us and said, "Hey, did you see that article?" And I go, "This is outrageous." How long ago was that? In the um, paper? It was in the paper about four days ago. Five days ago, yeah. Well, Monday, I've got the, Monday's it, paper. The weeks go, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get lost. As here. you know, uh, as you get older, I tell my kids, I say, "Hey, you just wait. The days and the weeks <laughs> and the hours. Now, weeks to me are almost like they're like days were in grade school." Do you realize that we're almost through two months of the year? Friday is the that, March first. Um, that I'm already thinking about. Being a senior citizen, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm already, I'm already thinking about it. I'm and, on Medicare uh, now. Yeah, well. How freaky is that? That is freaky. I'm yeah, just telling you. It's a freaky it, feeling. Yeah, it, you know, that's why I wake up every day just thankful God's given me another one, you know. I started interviewing you when I'm a, I was in my late 40s. I am now 66. Really? Yes, sir. Where did you? When, what, what? So I, I, got, I got elected to Congress I, in I started running in '09, but I was on your show, you know, before that. A long time doing before. Different stuff, yeah. That's Interesting. What I'm saying. Yeah, I've well, been here since 2000. Yeah. You remember when I talked to you in 2000? Yeah. Oh yeah, because you were in Florida. Yeah. Oh, oh the recount. Yeah, the <laughs> yes. recount. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we won that, so there you yeah. go. <laughs> that was. I'm glad that turned out the way it did. So, are you happy with what you're seeing here at the the session? That's a loaded question. Uh, here's what I'd say. Like, it's just an open it's question. Like, yeah, and I'm going to give you an open answer. Um, 
just like every session, there's bills I can't stand that are horrible that should have never seen ink on paper. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and there are other bills that are absolutely uh, fabulous. So it, it varies. And, um, uh, you know, I got a lot of friends um, uh, who introduce things I like and things I don't like. So I try to... Um, uh, I think the most productive way to get things changed is to tell them in private of productive ways of to, to get better. So, But, yeah, there, look, there's some great stuff that being introduced and passed, and there's some really bad stuff. There's this one bill that I am really, really like that mm-hmm. came through, and it was for freedom of speech. Yeah, well, which one was that? That was the one Ballinger ran. That Hammer combined his bill, and oh, yeah. I almost, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I got all the information to yeah. put in. Didn't Hammer's that pass bill. overwhelmingly? I yes, it, it did. did. Yeah. Without, without a negative vote, mm-hmm. almost. You know, um, it's interesting you talk about the First Amendment. I, I'll just mention this. I know that's not why you had me on here, but a lot of people don't know this. So, um, our campaign finance law, you know, um, campaign finance law, meaning how campaigns are, are funded and contributions and all reporting and PACs and all that stuff. A lot of people don't think of that as an area that involves speech, but uh, it does. In fact, the federal court system, Supreme Court in particular, has has made it abundantly clear that the First Amendment applies. Yes. When you are engaged in campaigns and taking money or whatever, uh, the First Amendment applies, and, and I'll just throw this out for people to think about. In, in 1996, uh, we passed a big initiated Act One, which um, was a horrible, horrible, horrible uh, initiated act. It'd probably be interesting uh, to a lot of your listeners to know that six parts, six, one, two, three, four, five, six parts of that initiated act that became law, much of which is still the law today. Six parts of it were challenged in federal court under the First Amendment. And all six of that, all six pieces that were challenged, were stricken for unconstitutional under the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. And um, there are other parts that probably should have been challenged that weren't. But but think about that. A lot, you know, so you're right to raise the First Amendment, and there's other Second Amendment, you know, there's other, other important things that we um fifth amendment um sixth amendment there's lots of different things that uh, uh lot, lots of different components in in the in the bill of rights in the federal constitution that guarantees our rights and and the general point i want to make is when we're doing stuff at the state level it's not enough to just have an idea we gotta ask hey does this is this constitutional? I would hope that would be the first question but, in everybody's but, but, mind. But let me tell you what: having um, uh, having served in, in the U.S. Congress and, and, and been down here, a lot of people never think about that. They never, uh, you know, when people pass things that have to do with campaigns, how many people do you think say, "Well, wait a minute before I get before I take this from BLR in, in Bureau of Legislative Research and introduce it, I better check." And research the First Amendment to make sure that this is not violative of mm-hmm. it. And I don't think, you know, some people do it, some people don't. But I can tell you, I see stuff all the time, and I think to myself, I'm not even sure that's constitutional. 
But just remember, unless you challenge something, it can stay on the books for <laughs> theoretically forever. Ever, yep. Right? I mean, unless you challenge something in court, if no one challenges something, you can have laws that are unconstitutional, that are, that are arguably unconstitutional forever. Let me give you an example. Yeah. I won't say who the Supreme Court justice was, but I was talking to them about uh, issue three a few years ago mm-hmm. that was passed uh, that uh, changed the, you know, how long people could serve mm-hmm. in the House and serve in the Senate. And there's like four things that it dealt with. Mm-hmm. Well, I had always understood that by Constitution of Arkansas, it could only be one thing. And I was talking to this judge, and I said, you know, I had thought about maybe I should see if I could stop that by questioning that we were breaking the Constitution. And they looked at me, and they said, I wish you would have, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have ever passed. It yeah. would never have the, been. The, I think, and that yeah. killed me. Yeah. I will, from now on, I promise you, mm-hmm. that if I think it's against the Arkansas Constitution or the federal Constitution, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example. So um, one of the parts of the Initiated Act 1 had a law, a part of the law, was that you could not raise money for campaigns during the legislative session. Mm. Some people say, well, that makes sense. Um, Why? I don't think it makes sense. Why does it make well, sense? Well, it doesn't. Make sense to me. Well, and here's the thing. The, the court ruled it unconstitutional under the First Amendment. They said, first of all, you've shown no evidence that people are any more corrupt or less corrupt uh, in and out of session. Right. Number two, only big uh, prohibiting $25 and $10 contributions from people uh, is part of what the bill does because it banned all contributions. And you've shown no, you've demonstrated no evidence that those type of contributions are associated with corruption, right? $10 contributions. And I would point out that of the people that in the legislature who are either indicted or have gone to jail now, they that none of them went to jail because of the campaign contributions. None <laughs> you mean, of these, none of you these mean Nick Wilson didn't go to jail because of the yeah. uh, First Amendment? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what what he? I'm did, sorry. Yeah, a Makes lot. Of, well, the, the point the point is the, these things that the court, the Eighth Circuit Judge Buzz Arnold, just a genius, an amazing, uh, great conservative uh, um, judge on the Federal Court of Appeals. He struck it and said, you know, this violates First Amendment. That was one of many. Um, and uh, in any event, this the Federal Constitution is something that we got to think about. Yep. When people talk about uh, this is something to think about, and I'm, you know, uh, but it, this, again, something to think about. People talk a lot about dark money, which what they mean to do with that is to is to brand a particular it's kind of dirty. engagement, right, to make it sound dirty. But uh, do you remember the Federalist Papers? You know, one of the foundational documents of our democracy. Can't quote from them, but I've read them. Right, right. So there were three gentlemen um, who were the authors of that. Well, they signed their name Publius. Mm-hmm. They didn't put their name. It was anonymous. Right. Now, was that the first, was that, should they have had to disclose because that was dark money? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of facetious, but I'm sort of not. No. You know? So uh, it's something to think about. Early form. Yeah. I mean, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison. Yeah. They were the ones that wrote the Federalist Papers. 
And I'm not, I'm not stating a position. I'm just asking the question. Is that what was that dark? Would you have banned those guys? They wanted to be anonymous because of the consequences mm-hmm. of some of what they sure. might, right, right. Um, they want to stay private. So I mean, those are type. Those are interesting questions to think about. And I, I know uh, the, the the good thing is we've got really sharp federal delegation. I know that that Congressman Hill, French Hill, is coming on. Good guy. He's thoughtful, um, uh, very sharp. Uh, Rick Crawford, uh, uh, Westerman, Womack, Cotton, Bose. I mean, we. I had somebody come up to me the other day, and they said, "You have one of the most solid." Federal delegations, meaning the congressmen and the senators, yep. of any state I can name. And I said, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. We we are strong. We are very strong at the federal level. And I know that they look out for those those sort of issues. So, All right. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back. Lieutenant Governor is with us to about 25 after. i got to get a break in so I can ask him an important question when we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm going to talk about school choice. All right. We back, Zach? Yes, we are. All right, good. Need to, we need to go. I want to talk about school choice. Yeah. No, no, I'd love to talk about school choice. Well, um, of course. So there's the bill's not introduced yet, but uh, it's similar to a bill that, that uh, had a lot of support a few years ago, but not enough apparently. Um, it's K through K-12 tax credit scholarship uh, bill. And basically what I say is, look, uh, if you were told you could only shop at the grocery store in the district where you were, where you lived, you could only shop in the Walmart in the district where you live, you'd say, that's crazy. Well, that's what we tell people with schools. You can only go where you live. Yeah. You cannot. What if I told you you can only go to college in the district where you live? I mean, it's ridiculous. So what we need to do is meet the needs of students. If students are better served at a different school, put them there. And, um, and you know, there are a lot of, lot of young people, a lot of students who cannot get what they need in the school, uh, in a public school where they are. We ought to use, we ought to let them convert some of the taxes they pay to pay for the uh, education that, that would meet their needs. Like the Hannah School, which is a great school uh, uh, for those with dyslexia. Yeah. How about the Lisa Academy? Yeah. Well, great I mean, place. take your pick. School choice is great because it's, it, it allows for all sorts, public school, public charter schools. You know, people have to be reminded, charter schools are public schools. Yeah. They're public schools. Private schools, home school, so many parochial schools, all these different choices. Why do we need choices? Because we need schools that meet the needs of the kids. And competition. Competition, that's right. Competition leads to innovation. Innovation leads to excellence. Absolutely. Out of time. Thank you, sir. You said 325 were over yeah. a minute. Well, I hadn't been on here so long, and so I just, blah, all my stuff. I'm all these it. ideas. Oh, I love yeah, it. Got to get it. you back on. Yeah, we'll talk about this next time. Okay. Boy, this is brutal. Yes, it is. Uh, Arkansas Policy Foundation's got some great stuff they're working on. Greg Kaza, uh, good man. Yep, great American. Thank you, man. All right, Appreciate thank you, you very much. All right, Lieutenant Governor here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He'll be back in the very near future. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. We got. Uh, I'm going to get you here to the bottom of the hour so you can hear news, and uh, we will talk uh, up until that point. Then we're going to come back, and uh, Zach should be getting a phone here, a phone call in just a moment uh, to uh, 
talk a little bit about uh, what's going on up in Washington, D.C. French Hill will be with us at 335, uh, and he specifically uh, said to, to me that he wanted to absolutely uh, talk. I'm, I'm looking for my email that I got on, on this. I got to get to it. But he wants to talk about uh, the ex- the executive order that the governor is doing, dealing um, with the wall. So he really wants to get into that today. So we will do so. And I'll be more than happy to talk to him uh, about that. He wants to talk about it. We take it up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll get uh, Lieutenant Governor back here in the very near future, I promise. Uh, I I didn't ask him today because he wouldn't have wanted to talk about it, but uh, I think the man would make a great governor of the state of Arkansas. I've said that now for years. And um, I'm, if he runs, I will be firmly in his... Uh, his column, just so you'll know that. I think we'll get things done that we never envisioned getting done. I want to let you know that Uncle Sam is licking his chops right now because, you know, he's he's wanting to get into some money that you have saved, all right, that you that we've saved, and they, they want to make sure that they get as much of it as, as they can. He can't wait for you to retire, bottom line. Because he can tax you at every every turn, including uh, taxes on your IRA and 401k, taxes on your Social Security benefits, taxes on your investment income. It could be a field day for the government unless you take steps to defend yourself and do that now. So you're invited to, uh, uh, to talk to uh, David Lucas and let him look you over and make sure that you're not going to be able to to do that. You're know, not going to be able to rip away money you saved. What you need to do is call 501-653-6690 and get this appraisal all set up. That's 501-653-6690. All right, back with you as we move into the second uh, half of the 3 o'clock hour. And uh, we're waiting for a call now uh, from Congressman French Hill. And we're going to be talking uh, to him today. Uh, from Washington, uh, D.C., of course, to see what all is uh, going on in his neck of the woods up in uh, D.C. We want to be able to talk to him about that. I'm looking for Steve Smith's uh, email to me, and uh, he had told me that we would be Are ready you there, to go. Dave? Okay. I, I am here. Great. Good to have you, Congressman. Thank you very much. You're coming on right after the lieutenant governor. Had a great discussion with him, and now I'm looking for a great discussion with you. Look forward to it. Okay, well, let's you specifically, or Steve, who I, who I deal with as we set these things up, said that one thing that you really wanted to talk about today was the, um, the move by the president to build the wall on basically executive authority uh, and that you had more that you wanted to say about that. So uh, I want to give you a free field and go right ahead. Well, we talked last week about uh, the due diligence uh, I was doing because I wanted to understand what the president's authority was and is it precedent setting 
Does he have the ability to reprogram money and do that in a way that does not impose on uh, Congress's Article I power? And so I spent most of the weekend working through that. And the 1976 Emergency Declaration Law definitely gives the president uh, the power to reprogram money. It doesn't define what an emergency is. He leaves that to the president. And uh, from looking at the, the money, I wanted to make sure it didn't hurt our military construction budgets in Arkansas, that it didn't take money away from law enforcement through the drug task force business. And so I was able to verify that those things were covered. So the president gets the $1.3 billion that we uh, authorized for the 55 miles, and then he has about another uh, just over $3 billion that he can reprogram without any emergency declaration. And if I were the president, that's what I would have done. That gets him 87% of the money that Homeland Security recommended. So he's got money to start building wall, and I don't, even though Pelosi's uh, – a disapproval vote yesterday passed the House. It may pass the Senate, but I do not think it can override a presidential veto. All right. So Steve told me that uh, that vote went down uh, last night, uh, the National Emergency Declaration. And uh, I did not see the outcome of that vote. You can talk about that uh, here with us. And what it, what, what did you see last night? Well, the uh, Democrats voted uh, overwhelmingly to override the president's emergency declaration, even though they said it was unconstitutional, even though that is uh, uh, almost an oxymoron because the vote we took last night is pursuant to the statute, authorizing the president to do it. So I thought that was humorous, but uh, the Democrats voted overwhelmingly to block uh, the declaration, and the Republicans overwhelmingly voted in favor of keeping the declaration. But it did pass. It was a pretty narrow vote. Steve, you know what the vote was? I don't remember what it was. Thirteen Republicans voted with the Democrats. So it was a pretty wow. – it was not a big bipartisan vote. I think Mrs. Pelosi thought she would split the Republicans on the vote. But um, it will – it has the the Senate now has eighteen days to take up this resolution. Okay, and so it, yeah, it, and and again, this is a resolution uh, that was passed. I look at resolutions kind of like spitting. You know, it it makes an impact yeah. on the ground, but it really doesn't do much. Yeah, it's a sense uh, of the House and Senate that the president uh, should not have declared this emergency declaration. It yeah. might pass marginally in the Senate, but it will not. Uh, have two-thirds vote in each chamber to override the president's veto. What's mm-hmm. interesting about this is, in my view, from looking very carefully at this issue, President Trump could have gotten the reprogramming money to continue the barrier construction without declaring the emergency. But uh, I think he's on uh, you know, sound footing there. It's, and the important thing, I think, for voters and citizens is it's not setting a precedent for presidential emergencies on a bunch of wild and crazy no. ideas. No, it's not. No. And I wanted, that's why I took my time last weekend to read through that statute very carefully. Yeah, it seems to me that Reagan did it six times, if I'm not mistaken. I, said, I, I wrote, I read an article, said he did it six times. Carter did it a bunch of times as well. It's nothing new. This is something right. that uh, the, gov- uh, the 
you know, has been going on since the 70s. So I don't know what and the President problem. Obama, I mean, the Democrats failed to mention President Obama declared an emergency and reprogrammed funding for the border in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as well as I do, that it's if it's any way they can kind of stick their finger in the president's eye, they will try to do so. And I think that maybe this national emergency that the president is declaring is his way of, you know, playing three stooges with them and giving them two mo fingers to the eyeballs. I don't know. Well, it certainly allows him to actually have Congress's overview of the whole process. In other words, you actually do get votes in Congress. You do go through an Article One constitutional process. That in and of itself, I think, has value to the debate that we have a crisis at the border. We need additional funding. And that's, that's as you say, that's a good outcome of this process. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, uh, Congressman, that, that that's the case. I just, you know, I, I just wish we didn't have it politicized as much as it is today, but it is the time that we live in uh, yep. as far as far as that's concerned. And it's it's going it's not going to change for the next two years. It would probably be worse, uh, you know, worse. What do you think about Cohen being up there uh, on the Hill today? He's still there. It's a, uh, a sea of chaos on Capitol Hill with all the watchers uh, on it, and it's been ongoing. The the Democrats, I was in a committee hearing uh, with the Federal Reserve chairman today, so I was in another part of the Capitol. But clearly the Democrats waived all the rules so they could have as big a circus show as they could over in the uh, yeah. oversight committee. Okay, so you were at the Federal Reserve. I I read the uh, the statements that the chairman made yesterday. How how are you feeling about what you're hearing from him? It looks like he's saying that the uh, economy is in pretty doggone good shape. He testified today that we the economy is growing well. We've had productivity return. We've had uh, the best employment picture in over a decade for. Uh, people <clears throat> at all walks of life. We have wages growing uh, faster. We have productivity at, at uh, not at the 3% we had back in the 80s, but at 2%, double what it was during the Obama years. He gave mm-hmm. a, a, a picture to our committee that he's pleased with where the economy is. And he also discussed how he's unraveling the QE, the quantitative easing of the Bernanke and uh, Yellen uh, fed and gave a good update report on that as well. All right. So I think everybody can say that uh, the economy is puttering along pretty doggone good. People, uh, I think, what, had 3.2 percent wage hike uh, for the most part? He felt like like the full year over 3%, but he felt it would be in about the 2.9% range. Again, double the uh, annual uh, level during the Obama years. So the last two years, we've seen increased business investment. We've seen uh, excellent wage growth. And so the economy is responding, I think, to both the regulatory changes that have been made in the last two years, as well as obviously the, uh, the tax cut and Job Act incentives. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. And then when we come back, I'd like to talk a little North Korea and talk a little China because I got to tell you what, if the, 
if the the president comes out and says that he's you know put together a trade deal with the chinese i expect the stock market to jump a thousand points i'll be honest with you i i think it's going to be a huge celebration if that occurs let's talk about that when we come back so dave ellswick show third floor of the state capitol house side back with congressman french hill second district in just a moment all right let's uh get back into washington dc uh speak right now uh, Congressman, the uh, president, meeting with North Korea. I loved what he had to say to, uh, yesterday. I don't know if you had heard this yet, but he made the statement that he had been in Vietnam longer than Blumenthal uh, was uh, when he was there. <laughs> That's too good. That's shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a classic. No, I had not heard yeah. that, but. It's 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 classic presidential humor. Uh, Look, it's um, it's good that we have this serious effort to denuclearize the peninsula. We've maintained sanctions. We've maintained penalties on Russian and China and other actors who have attempted to breach uh, the trade sanctions that we have there. Uh, But when you look at the big picture, this reminds me so much of the tension, the media tension, the Washington, D.C. tension, the tension in Europe, when uh, Helmut Kohl and George H.W. Bush worked with Gorbachev to reunify Germany Mm -hmm. uh, and maintain Germany, unify Germany in NATO, not part of the Warsaw Pact. And it was... That's correct. uh, It was an amazing moment in history. The media was very much against uh, the way Bush was handling it. Uh, uh, the Russians were angry at Gorbachev, and it was one of the most amazing things in 20th century history. So the question is, can we have a concrete plan with this regime that's never been trustworthy? They've never followed through on any promise they've ever made. They are a Uh, not only a nuclear weapon developer, but a nuclear weapon technology exporter with their pals over in Iran. But if we could achieve that and then achieve an end to the Korean conflict and and meaning some beginning of integration there, it would be uh, the biggest event of the early 21st century if it could be done. So I am cautious. I'm not optimistic. But it's work worth trying to do, and so that's where we are. Well, anything that you can do to promote peace is a worthwhile try, you know, to be honest, to take down the tensions along the border of North and South Korea. So I'm all about the president getting over there and seeing what he can get done. But what I'm most, uh, you know, uh, interested in is what's going on with, uh, with China, and the president keeps saying, They're getting closer and closer. You agree with me? The stock market goes nuts if he says that, uh, you know, the trade war is going to be finally over and we've come to uh, a settlement between the two countries? It would be a major certainty signal for global business. And the biggest beneficiaries of that would be companies uh, doing business with China and certainly American businesses. I think it would be very good for business to have that certainty. And this is a complicated 
area. I don't know that we can get it all done in an intensive set of meetings because we've tried this for years. But if we get an enforceable agreement that opens Chinese markets to American services and goods, if we get an enforceable agreement on protecting our intellectual property there, uh, and we have the ability to enforce WTO, meaning trade rules against the state-owned enterprises in China that dump products around the world, that again would be a major 30-year accomplishment. And even if we get it in two bites, it would be a major accomplishment to have that change because we've not achieved that. And this is something that America's tried to do with help from Europe and, and Japan since the early 2000s. Can you explain to the listeners uh, in in an understandable way about the whole problem with the Chinese and intellectual yep. property? All right. So China says we have an open system. We, we want companies to come do business in China. So they will invite Honeywell to come to China and manufacture controls for air conditioning systems and industrial controls. And they say, well... If you want to have that Honeywell plant in South China, we want to own 51% of it, and we want you to share, open source your intellectual property for us Mm -hmm. to uh, learn from it. Well, Honeywell does that because they want to get into that market. That is a violation of the World Trade Organization trade rules. That is blackmailing a company into giving you access to intellectual property. Whether you do it willingly or it's stolen from you doesn't make it uh, right. And I think American business in the 1990s and early 2000s, to be perfectly blunt, was too enthusiastic to quote-unquote, oh, let's go do business in the biggest, most populous country in the world. And they made some bad deals. Mm -hmm. So that's on top of cyber theft where we see Chinese espionage actors breaking into American systems trying to steal military secrets and commercial secrets, and that's on top of commercial espionage of a business in China that did not grant intellectual property access there. There's also the requirement to have data uh, localization. This is where I require you to put your computer systems and data systems in the country and not out on the cloud in the United States or in Europe. It's another way to obtain intellectual property. Uh, And so we want those laws to be changed in China, and we want them enforced in China to protect not only American businesses, but any non-Chinese business in the country. Yeah, I I don't think people realize how much money we're talking about here. I mean, billions upon billions of dollars are stolen from companies here in the United States, and that's part of our GDP, not the Chinese's, but right now it becomes the Chinese's. Right. And this is why uh, Trump's taking a hard line with China. He's he has he's, as he said on a lot of things. Hey, you guys have talked about this for 25 years. Why don't you actually get a change in behavior? So he's taking a hard line. And it's not just about buying more soybeans or pulp from southern pine forests in South Arkansas. That is not going to get it done. They need legal changes in China and the ability for us to make sure they're being enforced. 
All right. So I got you just for a couple more moments. Let me just ask, what should our listeners be watching over the next few days? What's coming up there in D.C. that we should be zeroing in on? Well, uh, the Pelosi regime in the House is putting forward uh, uh, bills to restrict gun ownership and transfer in the United States. The Mm-hmm. Pelosi regime in the House is now starting a process where they want to take over the voting system in the country and make it a federal government obligation to set oh voting, God. take it away from the states. The states, as you know, have the constitutional responsibility for setting elections and guiding elections. She's yes. trying to federalize that, and she's also trying to shift the funding of all elections to the federal taxpayers. So these are these are measures that she's trying to move in the House uh, as we speak. Talk a little bit, and people better pay attention to this, the whole thing about federalizing elections. Number one, it's unconstitutional. I would hope somebody immediately will challenge that in, in court if they can get it passed. Of course, I don't think it has a snowball's chance over in the Senate. But, uh, you know, th- this tells us where th- these people were, want to go. They want government to grow, and with the you know the folks in the Democratic Party, they want to take it not only grow it, they want it to move hard left. Yeah, and you do that by uh, winning at the ballot box. And if you can't win at the ballot box, then you can change the ballot box. And that's what's going on with this bill. Uh, you had uh, – California-level provisions where they count second-place votes now in order to beat members of Congress in Maine and in California. This is ridiculous. Wow. I mean, you can win on election night and win on, lose on election day plus five because they've counted second-place votes for when people don't get 50.1% of the vote in the new California statute mm. and in a provision up in Maine. They want to federalize that. You've seen the recent case in Colorado where uh, the new Colorado Democratic governor has signed a law that uh, Colorado's uh, popular vote will simply go with whoever wins the national vote yes. in order to get around the Electoral College and, again, get around the U.S. Constitution process on electing our president. Congressman, we're out of time. I... Yeah, you just changed yeah. That's exactly right. We appreciate you, Congressman. We'll get you on next Wednesday. Have a great right. week, and uh, we look forward week. to talking to you again. Bye-bye now. All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get a break in. Let's get ready for the news. We'll be doing that. Uh, Joe won't be here coming up in a moment, but Duck will be. We'll talk uh, cars, and I understand in the 5 o'clock hour, Uh, I'm going to have a Democrat on today. Joyce Elliott will join us, Senator Joyce Elliott, and uh, Robert will be on with us, Steinbach, and uh, we'll be talking uh, local politics again in the final hour today of the Dave Ellswick Show. But cars coming up next. Now, you got to be... I want to shake my head. You know, Cohen has been up on Capitol Hill as the congressman and I talked about for a moment, and it has been nothing but theatrical circus, a kabuki dance that's been going on up there. And you got a guy who's been lying, lying, and double, uh, 
double, uh, doubling down and tripling down on lies that he's been taken uh, for a long time. And you know that uh, Mullen's people told him the more stuff that you can tell us that looks like you are working with us, uh, your uh, prison term could get shorter and all kinds of, I mean, it's just been crazy. Sounds like bribery. Yeah, that anybody would even would even pay attention to this guy amazes me. But let, let's talk about one thing that's really good. This is a story that is out on the Washington Times. It says, President Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, said Wednesday that he has no evidence. Okay, so now shut up. Okay, if you have no evidence, then shut up, because everything that you're going to say next is conjecture and, uh, you know, rumor and innuendo. And none of it is evidentiary. It's just all made up and rumors and stuff. He said he has no evidence that his former boss colluded with Russia during the 2016 presidential election. But I have my suspicions. Suspicions are not a court of law, sir. Evidence is a court of law. Of course, in our country anymore, uh, rumor, uh, innuendo, and uh, suspicions are like fairy tales. Well, I suspect a lot of things, but you know, unless you have some actual evidence to indicate truth, then you know, you know, I can suspect that somebody in particular, stole something from me. But unless I have some actual evidence, then it's there's no reason for me to to, to, to really go much further on that. Aside well, from that's exactly right. You can think careful. somebody did something and then uh, say, I think they should be put in jail. But guess what? They're not going to be put in jail. That's just the way it is. Says, he said, questions have been raised about whether I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. I do not. And I want to be clear about that. But I have my suspicions. Now, Hmm. why would he do that? Why would he say it that way? Well, he's already said that, you know, the next thing that he's wanting to do is that he doesn't want to rule out that he's going to have a book and a TV deal. He's working on that. He left the room for the book deal and TV contract after prison. Former presidential attorney Michael Cohen refused to commit to not profiting profiting from a book deal or a TV contract after serving time in federal prison during Wednesday's questioning before the House Oversight Committee. Listen to this. Can you commit under oath that you have not and will not pursue a book or movie deal based on your experiences working for the president? That's from North Carolina Representative Virginia Fox. And she had a question she asked Cohen, and Cohen said this, no. Fox pressed Cohen further, saying, can you commit under oath that you will not pursue upward opportunities to provide commentary for a major network? Uh, with uh, your experiences working for the president. Why, why would he? Cohen, Cohen said, uh, listen, no, uh, before also refusing to commit to not running for political office in the state of New York. Cohen made extraordinary claims against President Trump during his testimony, saying, I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. He is a cheat. 
Cohen also charged that Trump had advanced knowledge and directed a hush money payment to porn star Stormy Daniels to stop her from going public with an un, an affair allegation against him weeks before the 2016 presidential election. Cohen pleaded guilty in the Southern District of New York in December to evading taxes, knowingly working with Trump to circumvent campaign finance law and making false uh, making making false uh, statements to Congress. Prosecutors targeting Cohen told the court that the aim of the payments to Daniels and uh, Karen uh, McDougal were made to hide uh, his affairs. Okay, what's the big deal about that? As far as I'm concerned, I could care less. If you're a Democrat and you didn't scream bloody murder uh, during uh, Clinton's presidency, you have no place to say anything. Be honest with you. Not a, not a place to say a word. Zip, nada, leave it alone. Because, you know, it's going to come right and wash right back on you. So you got that. Uh, you got, um, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, he just lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. And all, like I said, that the Democrats are doing right now is kabuki theater. That's exactly what it is. It's... Uh, Having people da- dance and using shadows and things to make you think about things that aren't even there. Not even part of it. So uh, something to keep in mind uh, as you think about this whole thing uh, with uh, the president. Um, I, You know, once this is over with, Cohen's going to be forgotten because he's going to be rotten, rotting away in a prison cell. That's what he's going to be doing. That's uh, got to keep that uh, that uh, idea going up. Waiting for uh, for Duck. He's on his way to talk cars with us today. Joe had some things that he had to get on, on uh, taken care of. Duck said, "Well, I'll fill in for both of us. Except what Duck can't do is control the highways uh, around Central Arkansas. And something has happened out on I-30 that's got it virtually shut down right now." Johnny Manziel. You know, Mr. Football, Mr. College Football. Stories out about him today because he was cut by the Montreal Alouettes and uh, he's not playing football anymore. His uh, comeback has come to an abrupt end. Uh, the, Mo- the Montreal Alouettes released a statement today announcing that Manziel, 26, had been cut from the team following a directive by the Canadian Football League to terminate his contract. The league alleges that Manziel contravened the agreement which made him eligible to play. Uh, The Alouettes put out this tweet. The Montreal Alouettes announced on Wednesday that the organization has been directed by the CFL to terminate the player contract of international quarterback Johnny Manziel. And there's another story that goes along with this. Let me get it to you for And uh, the Alouettes have been directed by the CFL to terminate the player contract uh, that he had. It was uh, found that he had contravened. I'm not exactly sure what he did uh, for the the, uh, uh, agreement. Quote, we are disappointed by this turn of events. Johnny was provided a great deal of support by our organization in collaboration with the CFL. But he has been unable to abide by the terms of his agreement. We worked with the league and presented alternatives to Johnny, who was unwilling to proceed. 
We are confident going into the 2019 training camp with a roster of quarterbacks that had played in our system last year and are committed to our team. The CFL has informed all of its member clubs that it will not register a contract for Manziel should any club attempt to sign him. Not saying what is the problem, but whatever it is, it's not good. Bottom line, it is not good. Uh, you know, the Alouettes wanted to keep him on the team, but the uh, CFL said absolutely not. The deal for Manziel was secured back in 2017, but a statement from the CFL at the time suggested it was contingent on certain terms laid out by the commissioner. Maybe it was like you can't drink to excess or something like that, which he was having a real problem. You can't punch a lady in the face, which he's been known to do. Uh, Mr. Manziel has been informed he must continue to meet a number of conditions in order to remain eligible. These uh, conditions, while extensive and exacting, remain confidential. The Heisman Trophy winner and former Cleveland Browns quarterback will also be unable to play for any other teams in the league as the CFL informed all clubs, all the rest. Boy, can't do that here in America, right? Can't, uh, you know, you can't have the, you know, the the head of the NFL come up and say nobody can hire, uh, you know, Kaepernick. If you did that, you find yourself in a court of law. Not so much up there in Canada. Hmm. Uh, it will not register a contract with uh, Johnny Manziel. With that in, in mind, let's take a break. We'll wait for uh, Duck to get here. He should be here uh, any any moment. Let me remind you uh, about Bumper to Bumper. Uh, these guys are all Bumper to Bumper certified service centers, and they use Bumper to Bumper because they can get their parts quickly. Uh, they don't have to wait for them to be overnighted in from anywhere got a huge huge warehouse right here on roosevelt uh in little rock and they get those parts out post haste that means you get your car fixed uh, quickly and uh, professionally and get it out of that stall and get it back on the road for you to use as well as uh you know joe or duck or any of the other certified service people saying hell you know what that means that means that i can get another person's car in and get it fixed as quickly as possible. That's bumper to bumper. Keep that in mind, bumper to bumper, for all of your certified service centers. The Dave Ellswick Show, third floor of the State Capitol House side, back in a moment. All right, just got the word from Duck. He is parked. He is on his way here to the Capitol and then uh, get up here to the uh, the third floor as quickly as he can. Evidently, I-30 was just absolutely a mess. Just know if you're going down that way towards Saline County, going to run into it. It's it's there. And even if the wreck is over on the north side, the if you're going south, the rubber making to slow everything down. Just be aware uh, that's all uh, coming up. In the 5 o'clock hour, uh, Robert Steinbach is going to be here. And uh, uh, we're going to have Joyce Elliott, yep. uh, Senator Elliott, a Democrat, will join us. And uh, we'll have to find out what exactly she has. I know that uh, uh, Robert thinks that she's had a couple pieces of legislation that are worthwhile to look at. She's so got a bill. We'll see what goes on. It should be interesting. You know, what, what has she got? So her bill is about um, sentencing. So some of the old sentencing laws from years ago 
um, were quite a bit more harsh, if you will. So people are sitting in prison right now for for crimes they were convicted of, and um, or they also took a plea deal on them. And now some of the new people are committing the same crimes, getting convicted of the same crimes, but they're getting much lower sentences. And so what happens sometimes, I think, is that some of these new people, they'll go into prison and they'll get out, and the old people are still in for the exact same crimes. So they're, they're serving incredibly long sentences for, for, for crimes that... that um, I guess I'm supposed to feel sorry for them. Well, and, and, well part, of the, part of the deal is that, that um, just in the past, we would see some, some, in some cases someone would have a, a drug offense, and it would be way more prison time than a murder than a murder offense but but think think about why that was and back then they were putting a whole lot more people in prison uh now we've got so many people in prison that got longer sentences that they've room yeah there's not enough room and nobody wants to build a new prison because they're just too expensive and so we turn murderers loose yeah which is insane exactly right and i don't think just because somebody got Let's say they were selling the, uh, cocaine and they got 20 years and somebody selling the same amount of cocaine only gets 10 years now. I don't think you change the stuff. Just, just the way it is. Well, and, it's, and, it's, and, and some of the charges, though, but it's insane when someone can get out of prison for murder in five or six years or so for, in some cases. But then they, they stay in prison for a really long time for drugs, and that's just backwards. Well, I don't disagree with that, but change that. Don't change, uh, you know, what a person was sentenced on unless they want to say that it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not right on the count. That it was it's, the, uh, the previous law was unjust. Yes. I think that's the, that's the idea is, that it's what they're, is what they're going for. I, yeah, and well, I don't think it's going to pass because that just right, opens a can of worms. I think you're probably right, but it's it's something to talk about and I think yeah. it's worth considering. Yeah, we'll have her here to talk yeah. about it. And I know Robert kind of leans towards that a little bit. I know you kind of lean mm-hmm. that. So I'll be fighting standing by myself. <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. And look who is yeah. here. He got here and and says, I-30 is a mess. And 630. And oh, 630. and 630. Okay. From University that way, stop from Dark Street overpass this way. Nope. No mm. way, huh? He ain't traveling. Which way on I-30 going north or going uh, east. west or east? Going east. east. Okay. Yep. All right. So yeah. if you're coming towards the city, it's going to be messed up. But here's the problem. Everybody over on the west side, slowing down to look about what's going on on the east side. So the west side gets even when six thirty getting on the west side, it's totally stopped. Wow, man! I, I don't know. It looks like I got two or three wrecks over what it looks like. Uh, it's dry out still, right? Yes. So it don't matter. Wonder what happened. It makes you somebody woke and somebody didn't. Yeah, <laughs> somebody looked down at their phone and wasn't yep, looking at the been. road. That happens. Captured them a lot of time. When I, I got off, I finally got up to Roosevelt where I could get off. Went down down Roosevelt to Broadway and come across, and Broadway's about stopped up because that's where everybody's going now. Yeah, yeah. By the way, did uh, the, the uh, there's a bill out? I think it's starting to make its way into committee now. That uh, if you're using a cell phone in a school zone, they want to be able to, I think, triple 
Was it? Your uh, your fine. I was, was fixing to say in Benton's, you get there's they got big old signs up and said this is a school zone. Do not use your phone. Yeah. If well, you get caught, it's a pretty good penalty. Well, here's the key. They don't have to see you using it. All they got to see is you holding it up by your ear, and they're going to assume that it's being used at that point. Are they? Even, and they can stop you and ticket you. For are they, are the they making it things. actually for even talking on the phone, or is it just texting? Well, it's for your phone, you know, is, is talking, texting. Well, you know, you know Davis, sending sex, sex things or whatever. You know, it's been that way in 18 wheelers for years. Oh, yeah. You have to have a hands free device if you want to talk on your phone. Okay. Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, I've got hands free. I've got Bluetooth mm-hmm. in my car, and and uh, I think that if you got Bluetooth and you're not using it, well, what the heck's wrong with you? Shame on you. Yeah, because that can let you keep your eyes up, and you can you can yep. carry on your conversation. Yep. yep. I mean, you just got you get to talk, uh, call whomever, you know. Yep. Call Dave. Yeah. I, I said a while ago, text Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've got on my my phone. I I didn't know how to get it in. I went by Verizon, had them fix it up yep. for me, and I can push the little button, the microphone at the bottom, and say, you know, Google, you know, call Duck, and. Using using Duck Mobile, yep. you know, and it it call you. It just makes oh, yeah. sense to do that. All right, we're out of time for this half hour. When we come back, uh, Duck is here. I've already talked about bumper to bumper, so you don't yep. even have to do I heard that. You. And uh, after that's finished up, uh, we want to make sure who else we got to talk about. Oh, Allstate. I'll talk about Allstate, which since it's cars, we'll talk with talk about that and uh, and discuss. Uh, auto insurance a little bit plus we'll just see what duck has to say about uh, about cars today joe out he's got things that he had to get done at the house and he's got people there fixing them here's the news all right just uh for your uh knowledge right now uh bart hester will be with us tomorrow talk about what 107 um uh I think it's 308. But 308. Okay. Stuff, stuff just they kind of, all start running stuff together. Stuff just <laughs> kind of starts running together after a while. It's, it's a bill. What time is he going to be? Oh, asset for I, I don't know, but I think he's probably after the Senate gets out. And then uh, Stephen Meeks contacted us and said early next week because he has something that he has to get to tomorrow. Hey, yeah, I think he was doing do a, it. a planetarium. Thing. Oh, you know, he, does doing, that, he does that um, thing where you can see the planets. Yeah, with the students yeah. and stuff. Okay. So, Dave. You'll be back with us. Did you see the news last night on Nancy Pelosi? Oh, where, no. Where they had the bill in there. They was oh, yeah, they had all did. the signatures and stuff on it. I just died last How many did they get? It's a resolution. A hundred and right at 200,000, I think. Oh, 200,000 for the Green New Deal? Well, no, for to no. get her impeached, to get her. How do they put it? To get her through out of Congress or whatever it is. Oh, oh, oh. It wasn't in favor of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, was, no, no. It was no. um it was a. Um, oh, they had big old signs up, and they marched down to her office, and oh, wow. they had all these on a on a you know piece of uh, computer paper where this kept mm. spreading out. And, yeah, you know, it's, it was you know. The Democrats was, was no are, are going to kill each other before this is over. With. They did a pretty good job. They're tearing each other up. They really are, and it's a resolution that that she got passed about the um, uh, the wall. You know, and what the president's trying to do. It does nothing. As I said, uh, when I had uh, Congressman Hill on, it's like spitting on the ground. It make you can see it, but it does nothing. 
That's, that's exactly It's a resolution. It I mean, it is it nothing to nothing. that. It's it, not, that's, it, it, that's all it is. It's a show that this is how we feel. It's well, a statement. Yeah, it's a stupid state way of doing things. And I know that, uh, you know, we've had the Republicans do that sometimes, too. If you've got enough people to sign a resolution, do some more work and get a law. Yep. That's what you need. If you're right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're right about something, why not it's put some teeth in something? I mean, should we have, should it be open carry in the city of Arkansas? Yes. I don't want a resolution. I want a law that says that. Yeah. Period. I mean, that's, let's, let's quit screwing around with it and, and get it done. Hey, let me remind everybody, our newest uh, advertiser is uh, Agent Dwayne Smith from uh, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Uh, he's an all-state in, uh, uh, insurance uh, man. That means that uh, Mr. Mayhem, he tries to keep him under control <laughs> uh, in your life, just so you'll know. Uh, he's located at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. And be honest, I know Dwayne really well. I know Jerry, one of the guys that worked with him really well. I don't know the third uh, gentleman that's working there, but I know that Dwayne wouldn't let him sell insurance unless he knew what he was doing. Uh, go over and get one of those free uh, sit-downs that they do at uh, the uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency and bring your policy and let one of their folks over at uh, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency look at your policy with Allstate and see how much money they can save you. That's at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. If you just want to give a call and set up an appointment, 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. All right, Duck is here. He made it through the terrible... um, Shut down. Shut down on I-30 and 6... In 6.30. You know what I call that, Dave? What's that? Long, narrow parking lot on I-30. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a long parking lot at that point. Yes. How far was it backed up? All the way past R Street. Hmm. All the way down Benton? No, our, oh, the, the R Street overpass. You know, oh, okay. It was past that. I thought you said R Street, O-U-R. Uh, no, it's R Street. Okay. R Street. Yeah, yeah, I was saying, holy cow, if it was backed all the way up there. Now, that's when I come through, so I don't know how far it is now. Wow. Because I had to come off, I had to come around through Roosevelt and down Broadway and cut across over oh, here and okay. there. Yeah, you went to the side road because it was so messed up, and it was still all. Everybody was getting off too, so that kind of that's the worst part of up. it is that that you know if you go through that area at six o'clock, it's like a whistle going yeah. through there. But if you're going through there between four thirty and five fifteen, it's a nightmare. Wow, it's a nightmare. Yep, that's why I don't. But, you know, people say, you're lucky you don't have to do 5 o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, but what good does it do me? (laughs) I stay here until almost 6 o'clock before I leave. Yep. You know, so that uh, I can just miss all the bad traffic. And it's terrible there. It's really terrible. Yes, it is terrible. But so, Dave, you know, we're in the end of September. I mean, end of February now. Isn't that amazing? On Friday, it's March 1st. And, uh, you know, the heat and the cool. You know, we've been having some. 50 and 60 degree yeah. days and some 30 degrees Big at night. Big swings at times. And you can see it at night when I'm out running around at night, you know, you can see the fog. You know when the temperatures got down cold yeah. enough, the fog starts coming up off the ground. Just think what that's doing to your car. It's moisture. Yeah. Everything is sweating. You park your car, the engine's 210 degrees. It rides up to 240, 250 degrees before it starts cooling. So when things is hot... They sweat when it's cool. 
if you haven't changed your oil, you need to change it. I got a customer right now, got a truck with a caterpillar. I put a motor in it two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. Turbo swarmed on it. So he brings it over there, and I tell him that's not under warranty. It only had a two-year warranty on it. I fix it. I get to looking at it. It's still got the original filter I put on it. Oh, man. Two and a half years ago. And that's mm. asking for problems. Well, you know, he's griping at me because the turbo didn't last no longer than it did. But the problem is you didn't service it. How many miles did you put on it in two and a half years? Well, it's as a bucket truck. You don't go by the miles. You go oh, by the They're so supposed to be serviced every 100 hours. Uh, so he's been, so he maybe didn't put a whole I, lot of miles I pull, on it. But. I pulled the hours up on it. It's got like 16,000 hours on it. <sighs> and how many since the... That's how many it's been since. Yeah. since oh, he's got sixteen over two and a half years he's ago. Got he's got sixteen thousand miles, miles on an oil filter. No, on, on hours, no, on hours, hours. On the, hours. On the and the way you things. figure that, you figure oh, wow. fifty-five miles per every hour is the way you figure that. Yeah, if you're if you're. But if it you're sets. You know, they they may they may drive somewhere forty fifty miles, and it may work in that one area for you know for two or three days, mm-hmm. fixing straight lights or whatever. Right. But are cutting trees or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's a but a lot of And a guy asked me and he said, Well, we're changing our own oil and I said, Well, evidently this one got missed. <laughs> mm. Is this yours? Missed. Did you ask him if this was his? No, nah, it belongs to him. That's oh, you know, but man. somebody wasn't changing it, huh? Yeah, and so wow. and I you know, but I told him I said, I've got to service it because oil the oil looked like black tar in it. Mm. You know, and it's gonna and take a while thick. to clean it up. Yeah. Well so what what happens? What actually happened to the turbo? Did it, did it actually destroy it? Yeah, yeah, it, it broke shaft in it. Oh, heat, wow. not enough. Oil. You know, the oil got too dirty, too thick. Okay, so, so how much through. was the turbo? Well, that one that's on a uh, like a C seven Caterpillar. That's a non actuator turbo. It's a fairly um, simple one. Yeah, they're about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Hmm. So did it tear up the housing too? I put a reman on it. You it's all it. junk. Yeah, yeah. thinking about that, thirteen or fourteen hundred. Now that's just a part. For one part. Wait a minute, Dave. We got to add some more to it because it ate when it shucked all the fans off of the, in the intake side. Yeah. They went in through the air to air, poked holes all in the air to air. Uh oh. So we also had to have about a nine hundred dollar air to air. So that's that's the intercooler, right? Yeah, intercooler. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're about twenty three to twenty six. You're about forty. Time it's all said and done, you're about forty five hundred dollars. That was from an oil change. Basically, oil change what caused the problem. And so. that was not on him. It's on the company that it's on the customer worked. because if I and it, which it's out of warranty, they don't give but a two year warranty on that engine. Mm-hmm. Even if it would have been under warranty, they the first thing they asked me, we need service receipts. Yeah, well, we talk about that. Yes, and if you don't have service receipts, uh, you have no warranty. Sixteen thousand hours. Wow. It's all, yeah, it's all. It's Excuse all. Me, in, I said sixteen. Six, yeah, sixteen thousand yeah. hours. It's that's not the, miles. That's hours. Yeah, that's, that's hours. That's the yeah. equivalent of what about? He uh, said sixty. He said fifty-five. It's, it's like forty-one thousand miles. Yeah. What I come up with. Hmm. Forty-one thousand miles more than without that, Well, I, I kind of fudged a little bit here and there. Well, you're typically when you're when you're sitting there using yeah. a bucket truck, it isn't doesn't run the in, doesn't work the engine real hard. No, it, it, it'll jack it up about twelve hundred RPM. So I just kind of fudged a little bit here and there, you know, because I know they they had some miles driving it around. Right. So I figured it had forty-one, forty-two thousand miles. But that was the actual miles miles, and the- that's that's what I come up with, you know. And that's why I told him. I said, you know. You know, but there again, you cannot. You can't go that kind of time. No, oil can maintenance. I'm just telling you that. 
that commercial that when it came out first to today, pay me now or pay me later, is true. Well, I put it this way, Dave. Pay a little bit today or a whole bunch tomorrow. Yeah. Because tomorrow is going to be a whole lot more than, than that servicing it. And it won't be fun. And not on top of that. So I went ahead and started servicing it, and my guy started down through there checking the truck over. The rear brakes are down metal, metal, done ate the, road, done ate the um, drums up. Mm. The front brakes are metal what, to metal. What is this guy doing? He just, he not, has, he's just what he's not He doing. had a guy taking care of him, and it didn't get took care of. Hmm. Is basically what happened So there. he put somebody in charge of the trucks, and he yep. wasn't taking charge yeah. of and he trucks. just you know he and he figured it out and now that uh so now he's got it set up on a computer where you know they had to put the hours and everything in it every day and so that will wow. kick it out and tell them when it's servicing. is the guy who didn't do that not there any longer yes i would figure hmm. that wow. he yes. wasn't doing his job was he selling the filters in the well on the side yeah, no knows? i don't think he ever bought them they don't ever bought them wow. no. I, don't, I don't think it ever got bought i think he just just didn't do it. Pencil whooped it. Oh. Wow. That's, that's, but it, there it amazes days. me to listen to that. And then people wonder why what you buy, and, you know, at the store costs so much. Yeah, and, and this thing holds, let's see, that's a C7. It holds 30 quarts of oil. Oh, that's a, you know, and people think, well, 30 quarts of oil ought to run a long time. No. No. No, it doesn't. It'll, it'll run pretty long time. Sixteen thousand hours is just, just it's a lot. Uh, you know, it's just too much. How, much, how much time between oil changes on that on that truck? Well, in a bucket truck, it needs to be changed every hundred hours. So it should have been changed. Listen, to that every hundred hours should have been sixteen thousand. Should have yeah. been changed one hundred and sixty times. Yes, basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and you deserve to be fired. When that <laughs> you know, and there again, you know, then then people gets mad because. The turbo swarm are that particular engine runs off oil pressure to fire the injectors. It's like mm. your old seven three. Yeah. You yeah. use it basically the same looking injector well, your old seven three yeah. does. Uh, it's the the inside's different, but the right, outside's right. identical. Uh, and and you know yourself that injector is controlled by oil. Mm-hmm. If you got dirty oil, it starts eating the injectors up. Man, I guarantee you the next thing go down, be the injectors go down. Wow. But it was still running after that long. Yeah, it, it still runs. That's kind of you know, crazy. You know, they, they was complaining about using oil, but once I figured out, hey, it ain't had oil change, yeah, it's going to use oil when it gets that bad dirty. But, wow. you know, but, you know, the guy, the customer, he understood, and he, you know, he was all right with it. He was cool, and he said, yeah. I'll make sure this don't happen again. Yeah, <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> That's an expensive it. way to learn that lesson. It's happening on your watch there, dude. But the thing about this, though, Dave, think about this. The brakes was metal to metal. You're running up down the interstate. Traffic come to a halt like out here on 30 did a while ago. Oh, I can hear the noise. And you run over somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. now you lawsuit. The DOT is going to step in and start looking at the truck. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to check the brakes. Why did you run over somebody? Was there something wrong with your truck? That's, a, and, that's not and a bad they, question to ask. And when they see them down metal to metal, guess what? They're going to be... Somebody's in deep trouble. Somebody's going to get spanked hard. No, that's, a, that's a big deal. To, it's a responsibility to be driving. Yes, sir. All right. A break, and then we'll come back, finish it up here with uh, Duck from uh, Bumper to Bumper, and they bring this segment to you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right, well, we're down to about eight minutes left here. So, you know, like we was talking, Dave, when, during break, you know, if you got a vehicle, change oil in it. You know, that's that's the deal. Yeah, if at it's least, a car, at least every once in a while, you know, <laughs> like like my truck, I don't ever put a sticker on the windshield. 
Yeah, because you. I trip. I trip my deal, and when it gets down to twenty percent, I get it serviced. I have one of my guys. Hey, pull my truck in, and service it. Yeah, this time I've got mine because I put that new engine in it. I don't know exactly what it is yeah. next week. I'm going to change it. Then we'll get on a schedule. Yeah, you get where you stay on. You know, get back on routine and stuff. Yeah, but you know, same way with a diesel pickup. If you have a diesel pickup, and you get it serviced. Make sure they change the fuel filter. The fuel filter at the same time. Diesel right now, uh, these newer trucks with this high-pressure fuel system, mm-hmm. a fuel filter is more important than oil filter mm-hmm. because you're running 40,000 pounds of fuel pressure pushing through that injector. Mm-hmm. You just imagine what one little grain of sand does if it goes through it. Mm-hmm. And they get a lot of, you know, it's unbelievable how much grit and stuff they get in yes. diesel. So, Dave. Yes. I was, I was, last night I was sitting at the shop and I was looking at the internet and this guy was on there about filters, oil filters. Okay. And he had Napa, Wix, Fram. Wix is best. Champ. He had all of them is what you're saying. And one other one. So, he weighs them. They kind of weigh pretty close to the same. He cuts them open. He said, this is a Napa gold which is just wix makes it for napa mm-hmm. he stretches the cardboard out the cardboard's probably long as this table so he pulls out the frame cuts the top off and pulls the frame out well it's about a foot long two foot long then he pulls out the the wicks and lays it cuts it open pulls it out down through there well it's the same thing as the napa gold because you know wix makes napa gold so then he pulls out uh, the the champ filter and it was fairly comparison to what come on your vehicle from the factory it was not quite, not as long as the Wix or the, or the Napa, but it was, you know, pretty close. So then he pulls out, uh, I can't remember, uh, a Bosch filter. That's what the other one was. Bosch, yeah. And oh, it, pulls, it pulls it out. Well, it was equal to probably what come from the factory on your car. But the point of the story is, this guy says, look, here's the Fram filter. He cuts it open and pulls it and looks down at the bottom of the can. It's rusted down in the bottom of the can. So guess where all that rust is going to go? Yeah, it's going in he your cuts, car. He cuts the Wix filter open. They paint the inside of the can so it can't rust or coat it with something. something. You can tell it was yeah. coated. may not be paint. But in and in, uh, in the, in the Napa Gold was the same way. They had painted the inside of the filter. So what I'm saying, try not to buy a cheap filter. You can buy a fuel filter for us for, would I say, an 09 uh, Chevrolet with a 6.6 Duramax in it. I can actually buy a filter for eight dollars to go on the fuel system. It's a hundred twenty-four micron filter, or you can buy the AC Delco or the Napa Wix, or you know, or any of them like that. They're a two micron filter, but people gripe about them because they stop up too quick. Because they're they're doing their job. It's what I try to explain to them. Look, this filter is doing what it's designed to do. It's protecting the inside of your engine. So. So, will a dirty filter affect fuel mileage, or will it just make, yes. it, make it run lousy? Nope. Well, it runs lousy, but then the fuel mileage, because you're having to stand in it more to make it go better. I don't, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but there's two things that make my car run better. Right after it's been washed, and right after the oil's been changed. And explain the wash to me, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I, that's got to be. I'm going to say that's a men, that's mental. It is. But when it gets to when it's about oil, it's about performance. Exactly. It's about you know your vehicle. But that's what I you know I try to explain to people. I have them in there all the time. They'll gripe about a, oil, a fuel filter. Mm-hmm. But there's some of these new Dodges has two two spin on filters okay. or one cartridge and one spin on. 
the spin-on filter cost me $93. Wow. Ooh. All right. But it's the primary filter. Well, how about, you how about we uh, change? Well, what? Let, let's talk to Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how are you? Welcome uh, to the Dave Ellswick Show. you got a question for Duck. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was change, getting ready to change oil. I don't have a filter. And I've been using the Mopar filter to get up at Walmart. Is that a decent filter? Yes, sir. That That's made by Wix, Mr. Jerry. Yes, sir. Wix, ma- Wix makes Mopar filters. Or they ma- Let me rephrase that. Wix makes about 90% of Mopar filters. Yeah. There is some made by Bosch, I think it is, but 90%. What's on your Dodge truck is made by Wix. Okay. And you can buy a Wix filter, buy the good Wix filter, and, and it's just as good as one you had on it, if not a little bit better, really. How did you not have an oil filter on your car? Oh, he's talking about the, the yeah. Walmart didn't have the oh, filter. Oh, buying. didn't have it. Okay, now I'm, I'm with you. I was, right. I was missing you, that. You say change the fuel filter every time you change oil? Yes, sir. Uh, could somebody put a fuel filter on there if I come by sometime tomorrow? Yes, sir. Just come by. Don't come, you know, at lunch, but just come by sometime in the morning or after lunch, and we'll, I'll get them to change it for you. As a matter of fact, I'll have them go ahead and order it when I get off the radio here. All right. All right, Mr. All right. Jerry. Appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thanks for the call. All right. It's Dave Ellswick's show. We're out of time uh, for uh, the Duck Man. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you coming. Sorry being late. Well, that's all right. Not your fault. And uh, we appreciate you coming and giving us this information because it's going to save some people a whole lot of money. Yes. A lot of money. All right. I'll uh, be back. We'll talk more about cars on Saturday with the uh, car and truck doctors. Is it my turn, Dave? uh, Nope. It's uh, Joe's. That's right. Joe Joe will be there with Charlie, and then the next week will be you and Kenneth. So we're getting all set. We're into March already. Amazing. Quick, ain't it? That's yeah, two months gone already. Amazing. All right. When we come back, Senator uh, uh, Joyce, Elliott. Joyce Elliott is going to be with us, and then we'll have Robert Steinbach. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Final hour of a Wednesday show. Hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to uh, Friday than we were on Monday. So that's always a good thing. Tomorrow, for the folks that uh, work here who do their thing, the uh, senators and representatives, it's the final day of the the session for this week. They always look forward to Thursday, (laughs) don't they? Oh, we do. But I look forward to Friday so I can be up here by myself and get real stuff done. get things done. Yeah, yes, yes. can understand that. That voice, you know that voice. That's (laughs) Joyce Elliott. She's a senator here from uh, Little Rock. And yes... She's a Democrat. <laughs> All right. she's, the first, she's the first Democrat we've had on the show this yeah. year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think she's she is. the first one. I know there are not people, many of us here, but we run could away get somebody. Oh, come oh. on. Hey, run. No, <laughs> true. I've been trying to get Will Bond to come on oh, or Greg no. Letty, and then I can't yeah. get either one because I want to know where the red flag is. I'll talk to is. them. I'll talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Joyce Elliott has always been a vanguard. She's always been leading the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we need. That's what we need more of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got everything set. Well, now, Joyce, you got a new got a new bill that mm-hmm. you're uh, you're you're shepherding through the session right. now talk a little bit about that what's the number first of all oh my gosh i forgot 313 <laughs> i believe i forgot the number because i've been thinking <laughs> about the substance somebody better look it up and tell me real quickly uh, but let me tell everybody what the bill is and it would be good to have that number seriously um 
But in 1994, you know, we were in the midst of um, a lot of uh, drug wars, pretty mm-hmm. much what's going on. Right. And, I, and I think we overreacted, but at the time, nobody thought about it in terms of over, overreacting because everybody was very concerned about what was happening. But we did overreact. It's clear to us now that we did. And we threw so many people in jail and some, and the sentences were just ungodly long. Uh, but that is what people thought it would take, you know, to, to have an, uh, an effect. So today, since we know better, especially since we've been dealing with the opioid crisis and since we had, the federal government has changed laws to make sure that those people who were convicted of crack cocaine uh, offenses are now not sentenced longer than people who are powdered cocaine, because those are two very cultural things. That was a, yeah. that was a racist yeah, yeah. thing. There was it a was ten really times was. disparity. Yes. Yeah. Ten times. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. It absolutely was. And so we've changed that, and we have changed our attitudes about if somebody has a drug uh, has a drug um, conviction, that we don't have to be so draconian. But we want to try to rehabilitate them. So what this law does is it asks us to, since we know better, do better. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are sitting in prison right now who have regard long sentences that will cause them to be in prison right now where somebody else might be uh, convicted and placed in prison and they will come and go before these people can actually even get out. So what we're suggesting is let's make that law retroactive. So if there are people, for example, today you might get a five-year sentence and somebody who's been there 10 years already should be out and let those people become eligible for for parole from Mm -hmm. prison. So can you you Uh, give some kind of some examples of, I I heard in one of the committees earlier of somebody just testifying, it seemed like I I heard him say that it used to be, it would be like 20 years for two grams. Yes. That seems like, I'm not very familiar with drug, well, I'm not Mm -hmm. really familiar with drugs at all, hardly, but Mm -hmm. um, that seems like an outrageous Go ahead. I'm going to chime right on that. Yeah. And I, I don't know positively if that's the case, but I do know uh, Larry Froelich, who's the person who's done a lot of this research, actually will have all those numbers when we run that bill. We'll have it. But I know they're outrageous because I know some of the people who went to prison for mm-hmm. having small amounts of, right. of, of drugs. And, and so when we talk about this, I want people to understand this is really ridiculous because we are talking about small amounts of drugs. Mm-hmm. And, and we just thought that, oh, my my gosh, the worst thing in the world is you had this much marijuana, you had this much crack. It's bad things. I'm not saying that. But if we want to spend, do we really want to spend all that money on something that is not that catastrophic and at the same time put families at risk and, and have and many of the families in my district where I live in the 72204 uh, area code, uh, zip code, uh, have just lost the men in their family probably more than anything. And people don't recognize all of the collateral damage we're doing when that, we that do really that. It is a big it, problem. It is, it is a huge fathers, problem, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go back mm-hmm. in history to the time that those laws were passed and some yes. of the problems that were facing society at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't go back and let some people out. Sure. I'm not yeah. saying that's not the case. But not only did you have people selling drugs, but there was violence everywhere uh-huh, all over the streets. And I understand why they were so draconian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And but, one, th- one thing that people do need to understand, too, is that it, it really fell on African-Americans disproportionately. But 
it was African-Americans were very concerned about what was happening as yes, well. Yes, they were. And, and wanted something uh, drastic to happen. And so it wasn't just a one-sided thing where somebody just decided, I'm going to get this group. We just didn't think about it in terms of equity is was the problem. Mm-hmm. And so when we are judgmental today, and I try to be careful about this, and that's why I always use the terminology, when we know better, we do better. Mm-hmm. At that time, it is fair to say people didn't know better in a lot of ways. Uh, some things we should have known better than to do. But it, context is really important here. And I don't want people to forget that. That's, that's a very good point. Yeah, uh, it, every, people want this, the shootings yeah, to stop. Right, right. It's that simple. Yeah, because I would suspect, like not right now with the opioid issues that we have, mm-hmm. uh, I suspect people, if they thought we could do the same kind of things and get rid of that whole issue, we would probably they'd say, let's do it just again. They'd do it again. Because so, sometimes we just don't think logically about things when we get too involved in it as, as I'm angry, therefore I'm going to do this. So I don't mm-hmm. like you as opposed to looking at the root of the problem. Yeah, well, the well, problem is, that with the, I'm, I'm sorry, no, no, let me just yeah. real quickly. With the opioid uh, problem, it was doctors mm-hmm. yeah, dealing yeah. Well, and the, right. I'm, so, the I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, companies, and, and the pharmaceutical companies. In the pharmaceutical companies. But, the bottom, but right. the, that, that's the reason mm-hmm. I don't think we've had the same reaction gut reaction mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Right. But senators, uh, uh, Senator Elliott's bill, um, makes so much sense on two levels. First of all, if, look at what we just did in the federal government, right? Mm-hmm. As divided as the federal government mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. the Republicans and Democrats came together on a very similar, uh, a very similar um, 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 idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul just passed along that uh, your bill, as you know, said it was SB three seventy eight. SB three seventy eight. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> no, it's important to know SB. He memorizes everything. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, I have to um, look it up. And, that, <laughs> and so it, 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 mm-hmm. it's a it, it's a perfect analog. Meaning, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it at the federal level, you should be entertaining the same mm-hmm. notions at the state level. That's right. And as I said to the senator before we went on air. This is not a Republican. This is not a Democratic. This is not a liberal or conservative issue. This is a right and wrong issue. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can put somebody in jail today for whatever act. I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. And give that person, say, five years. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy sitting there now (laughs) who's still going to be sitting there when the first guy comes and goes. That is immoral. And we cannot have that. Criminal justice is the heavy hand of government. Mm -hmm. You do it. You use it Mm -hmm. because you keep people safe. But you've got to do it as sparingly as possible. And if you've got one guy in jail for 20 years and another guy in and out in five, well, that ain't right. For the exact same crime. That's the key. That's the key. And so it can can tell us one of two things. is One, either... The first guy got got too long of a sentence, or the second guy got too short. Right. And so it's right. It's in and of itself, we it's, don't know the answer. Right. Right. One of those two things is wrong. One, one mm-hmm. of those things, two things, right. is true. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and but I, consistent with the concept of lenity in criminal justice, when in doubt, you go for right. You go for lenity. But you can analyze that question, and we and we do know, as the the federal law demonstrated, that some of these sentences from way back when are too long. Yes. But even if you were in a vacuum, even if you were in a black hole, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing two people with no additional evidence, if you're talking about putting people in jail, you must defer to the shorter sentence. I'm sorry. That's not Republican. That's not Democratic. That's, that's right. And the other thing is it's, it's causing issues within the prison system itself. 
because you're sitting there and you see this one person, this guy comes and goes, and imagine those two people being on the floor together because people just have this automatic resentment. It's not to say it's good, bad, ugly. It's, it's, it's a bad thing to have this kind of an action, interaction be negative, but that is creating, even according to some folks at uh, no ADC, that no this doubt. is a problem, you know? So, just kind well, of, let's, yeah. let's ask the how the factor. Mm-hmm. See how it's, how it's going. How's it, how is it <laughs> moving? You got bipartisan support for it? Well, I, I do I have some people who have not signed on yet, but that, but they say they will support it. And I think in the end, by the time we run it, we will have good bipartisan support because uh, one of the things I, I do work at and I and that's worked out pretty well is to I, you know I work across the line a, a, mm-hmm. a, a, lot, a lot because I do like for our policies to be policies that are about people, not about my party necessarily. Right. I just want to have good policy, and I think most of my colleagues know that and recognize it, and recognize this as something that even if they're not going to co-sponsor, they will likely vote for. So, so you're feeling pretty positive. About I'm feeling it. positive about it. Yes, I am because I, I think it just makes sense. It is, if anything, ever were one of those common sense things and look at the money we're spending just to keep people locked up uh and we have we've learned better is incumbent upon us to actually do better and, how about on the house side have you talked to the people on the house side I've only, yet I, i've talked to a few people on the house side right now i'm really worried about the uh, judiciary Senate. committee i do you know kind of in steps i always try to stay one step ahead working on the judiciary committee but then also at the same time looking at the senate when you go down there, it's, it's a higher bar. I've got to get 51 people, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But one of the things I always do, though, before I even try to send bills down there, I, I bother to get to know people, know about them, what they're like, and form relationships before I'm asking somebody to just vote for something because I said it. That's just a smart thing to do because you, you have different – people react to you di- differently. They see you differently when we get to know each other. And I've lived a life where I've always had to try to be the one to get to know people. I'm not in the majority. Uh, and in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. And I've not always thought it was fair, but I want to get things done. I have to do what I have to do. And it, it's hard. Well, the head of the judiciary mm-hmm. is Alan Clark. Yeah. He's an honest guy, and he's, he's fair, I believe. I, I think he is. And Alan and I are good friends. We just spent two hours yesterday working on a bill together that we want to get right. So, yeah, we, we, we work well together. Yeah, I think people think sometimes everybody's at each other's throat, and that's not necessarily. Yeah. The I case. know because that's what that's what gets covered so much, especially you know um, on television, and it's. You know, the, the day Jason Rapert and I had a picture together in the, in the Democrat Gazette, everybody went nuts. I said, well, gee, we do talk, and occasionally we laugh. So, so, I, got, so. I, got a text, I got a text from a, from a Republican okay. saying he's going to support your bill. Oh, nice. Car- Carlton Wing texted and said, Oh, Carlton Wing, yeah. So Carlton is one of my friends. He, yes. He, t- he told me he could, I could, he could sail in the air. So I'm t- oh, I'm there t- you go, Carlton. I'm coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> he might ask you to sponsor well, it over yeah. you know, and, and we're going to yes. talk about this on the air uh-huh. uh, in the days that come yeah, as well. I appreciate that because it's, it is. Uh, people just need to know. Yeah. I think most people uh, can see fairness. That's right. Uh, and, I, and I think that's something we can get done. All right. We got to take a break, and then we'll let you go, Senator. Okay. Very and good. Thank I'll, you. I'll get to Robert. He's got some things that he wants to talk about, bills that are out there. Okay. I heard about one bill today. That yeah, we didn't have a good day. It was and, not a good and, day. And, and I don't blame Senator Elliott. Yeah. She was in the minority, but we're going to come back to her. I'm okay. coming to you, Senator I'm, Elliott. I'm coming right. to you. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. <laughs> right. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, well, I changed my whole afternoon to be here with you guys, and I, right. I've well, enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you so much. All righty. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more. We're on the uh, third floor, outside, at the Capitol. We'll be back with more. 
All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick here, and uh, Chris is here, and I'm looking over. Uh, yeah, that's Robert. Yeah, and fumbling then, about. And then we've got uh, Paul here. Don't forget, uh, Robert Steinbach is a law professor at the uh, Bowen School of Law, UALR. His opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or... UALR, though they should be. Well, I can attest that today they really are alone because we, uh, Senator Hammer brought up a bill today before the Education Committee, uh, and Senator Elliott's on it. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm laying fault with the Republicans at this point. I'm very disappointed. Senator Hammer is, is, is the most conservative senator, and I know some are going to, oh, what about me? Okay, okay. Uh, he's the most conservative. Prove it. Yeah, well, he brings up a conservative bill. He brings up uh, SB, is it 230? i got to look up, uh, up the number now. Um, and he brings up this bill that simply says that if you have a contract, if you have a contract as an employee in higher education uh, in, in the university system, that contract stays a contract. Because what has happened is the university changed your tenure rules. So that means if you start the job now, well, it's a different set of rules that you uh, are under. That, okay, you're entitled to do that. We don't particularly like the new set of rules, but whatever. Nobody's asking us. And then they all of a sudden announced in that process that they're also changing the old rules. Well, wait, what? You can't change the old rules. That's a contract. And so they said, well, what we're doing is we're clarifying. <laughs> well, no, he, you're changing. Yeah, well, here's the thing <laughs> if you're just clarifying and that's not a change, then you don't need to do anything. If you're clarifying and it is a change, then it's Changing. a change. Well, then, then you could <laughs> right? maybe clarify if all parties agree. Then That's that right. Might be a reasonable. That's way exactly to right. And and they didn't right. And so the the, the school says we're changing the the, the um, contract. The contract, and we say uh, no. You no. You're not. And it's yes. It's SB two thirty two. So so Senator Hammer presents this. I um, uh, advocate. My colleague, Josh Silverstein, advocates. And then the president of the UA system, uh, Dr. Bobbitt, uh, argues for the other side. Uh, and then Senator Hammer asks for a vote, and nobody calls the vote. And none of the Republicans extended the courtesy. All scared of U of A. They're scared. They're scared. scared of U and of you know a. what? And I, I said off the air, uh, and I think I just said it on the air, I don't blame Senator Elliott. And in the sense that, look, she's uh, amongst the Democrats. I think she'll vote for this bill, actually. Mm -hmm. I think she supports the idea of this bill. Yeah. But if you're in a committee or you're in a, a body that's 75 percent Republican, then then it's the Republicans obligation to step up and move the bill. She can vote for it. And I appreciate her vote. And I bet you will get her vote when we bring this bill up the next time. But the Senate Education Committee today let conservatives down. OK, so we're talking hinge. And some of the oh, other folks. Well, Senator Hendren actually um, uh, hated the bill. Senator Hendren asked me, Senator Hendren said, How long are these contracts for? So I said, Well, I think when the guy's dead, the contract's probably over. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'd have to look into that, you know. But I think when he drops dead, it's probably over. But he was like, Well, that doesn't happen in private practice. Of course it does. It's called a four cause contract. It doesn't mean you can't be fired, it just means you're not at will. 
You spend seven years in a probationary period, and then if they hire you under a four-cause contract, it means they can only fire you. They gotta wait prove for it. it. For cause. They gotta figure. For cause. They gotta prove. They gotta prove it. That there was a cause for your and termination. That, and that definition of for cause is exactly what they changed, meaning the whole substance of the the contract. Is it easier for the government to fire you? Of course, uh, they didn't make it tougher. They didn't make it harder on themselves. So where where right. did the concept come from for of, of tenure? Because we don't see that. I yeah. don't see that in the private sector. Right. Maybe so, I'm wrong about that. No, but, but you're right because the notion of tenure is that uh, academics. Uh, and this, by the way, we're not talking about extending or limiting or anything tenure, right? We're, we're, we're talking about an existing contract, whatever it contains, right. which happens to be a tenure contract. But Paul's question is a deeper one. What does the notion of tenure mean? And every, you hear this all the time in conservative circles. Conservatives, you're wrong on tenure. Tenure, tenure means that you can only be fired for cause. Why? Because otherwise, you got to repeat the political pablum that comes out of the mouths of the administrators. And guess what that is today? It ain't conservative. Right. It's it's, <laughs> it's a bunch of lefties. What, what, are, you, so, what are you saying, Rob? You can't right. do the work that you want to the right. research. Right. It, Chris knows. Chris has been involved in litigation with me on these issues. I do research on race-based admissions. Yeah. That's a conservative we've notion. We've talked about this, right? A few and, times. and 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 the, I guarantee the facts you, are very offensive to people. Yeah, the right. facts so, are offensive. Right. Paul, hit, hit, right. Right. So, right. I guess that this still doesn't really. Right. So it developed in the, in in academia in higher education that we give contracts and we set the terms so that you can't be fired for your political views or your research or your or the angle by which you teach your material because we're not filtering out those with whom we disagree. It started by protecting. Get, wait for it. Marxists, communists, and guess who it protects now? Conservatives. So when a conservative says tenure protects uh, um, do-nothing professors, no, it doesn't. You know what protects do-nothing professors? Other leftist do-nothing professors. Tenure protects conservatives. And if you don't get that, come to my class and I'll teach you again. I'll school you good. <laughs> <laughs> so where, but where did – I mean – and no. it protects no. both sides. No. Right? I got one minute here. I'll go go to it. it. So, go it's, ahead. so it's it, it just in the private, at least from from my private sector but, perspective, okay. that's that's just a weird concept. Well, why, no, why think about it. think about it. The, the, but but the, I understand where you're coming no, from. No, no, but is, think about this. Think about you're thinking about the sort of average Joe worker, and he has very little protection, and sometimes maybe not enough protection. We could talk about that, yes or no, or maybe. But think about the CEO of GE. Right. And all of a sudden they fire the guy and you see it in the news. Well, they fire the guy and he gets a 40 million dollar package. Yeah, Why? Parachute. Right. Because he has a contract right. for cause. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get him out of that contract for cause is to write him a 40 million dollar check. So these things exist at the levels in which you need people to have independent thought. Yeah. Ask Bielema about that. All right, we got to get a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got news coming up. We're going to give you an update on what's been going on. Hopefully I don't hear the name Cohen in the uh, newscast ever again. Go to jail. All right, that's what we're going to go to jail. All right, we're back with you on the third floor, house side. Uh, we got about 25 minutes left. Robert Steinbach is here. Paul Calvert is here. Chris, what's your last name? Corbett. Okay, Corbett is here as well. Then I'm here. I got to be honest with you, Robert. I thought there would be some pushback on this for the exact reason you said right. tenure. Right. 
Is people right. not right. understanding? Right, it. and people are not understanding. This bill is not about tenure and keeping cronies in academia. It's simply, it's a very basic conservative value. It's What's that? Contracts. 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 And uh, hold on, I'm going to name some names. And, Law. I'm, and, and, and I want your listeners, Dave, to call their representatives. And so uh, on, the, on the Republican side, we got uh, Jane English, uh, we got Lance Eads, we got Jim Hendren, we got Mark Johnson, who's a buddy of mine. Mark, mm-hmm. Mark, where were you, Mark? Mm-hmm. Um, and James Sturch. Um, and, and these folks, frankly, owe uh, a courtesy to Senator Hammer. To have, to have at least brought up the bill. And then we've got, we, we just heard from um, Senator Elliott. I bet you she's going to vote for this when this comes up. We've got Senator uh, Cheatham and Senator Chesterfield. And if you live in the district of any one of these senators, call them and tell them to vote uh, the next time it comes up and tell them to support and tell them to contact Senator Hammer and tell him that they support SB 232. This is the contract bill. Okay, That's so it. explain this yes. in, uh, again. Okay, right. so nobody brought it up. If nobody right. brings it up, can you just bring it right back if you want to? Yeah, apparently we can get back on the calendar and, and, and try to have somebody bring it up. Because if the the member who proposes the bill is not a member of that committee, then he can't uh, bring it up, obviously. Right. If you're a member of the education committee, then you bring it up yourself. You say, I bring this up. You wait for a second. You usually get the second out of exactly what I suggested should have already happened by the Republicans for our great Senator Hammer, courtesy simple professional courtesy and you bring up the bill and then you vote yeah you, you vote. vote it up or down you vote it up or you down. don't just leave it in limbo right um and uh, i'm i'm very disappointed and i want these people to 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 vote on it i want it brought up and we're bringing it back before them and and we're we're calling on the constituents of we're going to do it again jane english joyce elliott eddie cheatham linda chesterfield lance eads jim hendren mark johnson and james sturch now when you consider this is just uh, law i mean what's written in that's right. a contract you should not have any problem voting that you Discord. have to follow the and contract here's, and here's the alternative dave we told them there is a group of faculty who are are getting ready to sue the university because what they're doing is breaching the contract yeah uh and and, and we'll do it and I'll, and I'll add my name to that list i will add my name to so that will list josh. So, so will josh exactly but we aren't the only ones we're not the lead ones in fact yeah. there are other people and we're going to bring that lawsuit so we're looking to save us money we're looking to save the university money we're looking to save the state money and we're looking to save the state embarrassment because they are trying to cheat us out of our contract right now. This is not right. And conservatives should be stepping up for conservative values. And the core conservative value is I get to do with you uh, what we agree on. That is a contract. Yes. So, so essentially yeah. what, what, what is going on, and I've been kind of a little bit behind on, on on how that works. So you have that to, happens so you, all the time. Yeah. Uh, have, have you met Paul? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, you, you have a contract right. that's if you, so if you stay there for seven years or whatever, the, right. whatever number of years. you get through the probationary period then, and you pass a vote. By the way, it's, it's, you got to pass a vote of your faculty, then of the, of the dean, of the chancellor, uh, uh, of the provost, of the chancellor, means, of see, the president. That means you have collegiality. You, yeah, you, exactly. You've, you've, you've crossed and, the gauntlet. And the board of directors. Right, so exactly. You, so you've, so you've, you've crossed the gauntlet. That's right. You've crossed that gauntlet. And, 
And so then after you after you cross that gauntlet, then your contract is you can stay there so long as the school is open and you've got a pulse. No, no, no. And, and you and don't and, the, and you don't and break and you don't no, break the rules. No, that's, and you do your job that's well. The big for cause yeah. means you can be fired for not doing your job. Right. So that's so, it. Right, right, so so you do your job well. You don't right. break the rules. And right, what they're, but you, and what they're but trying to do is they're just not trying, breaking the rules. You right. got to show up. You got to teach. Show, right. You got to publish. You got to. You got to. Which do, is the rule? Which, right. is, which yes. is which are the rules Indeed. basically? Indeed. The, the rules you but agreed I, to in your the, contract, like at any other job, right? Like at any and, other job. And your conservatives you're, are too quick to say teachers are lazy. You know, teachers aren't lazy. They may or may not be, but but the um, the issue though that you have here is that they've changed the contract to add another clause. Correct. And so there's and there's your there's your issue. And yeah, so, right. so so That's so long right. as so if, long as if you, you if you behave. signed the contract to buy a brand new car, and they brought the car out to you, and they said, well, we add another clause instead of that we get to pick the color mm. after I've made after, like after, three quarters after, of the payments. Yes, yeah, exactly. How about all the payments? <laughs> all right. I made all the payments with my sweat. No. I made all the payments. I went through the tenure process. I've got a tenure contract. The terms of the contract are whatever the terms of the contract are. That's and simple. And at the end of it, you don't get you don't get the car. Yeah, I'm not getting the car. Yeah. I'm getting the zonk. Yeah. Remember when the when the curtain comes back? I'm getting the zonk is yeah. what I'm getting here. Okay. okay. The hook. I'm getting the hook. Exactly. Okay, I'm so, so, the so, unknown so, comic with the paper bag on his face. So, so okay. what a lot of so what a lot of conservatives would probably say is that well your, the contract never should have been in place because it, it's an absurd well, contract and that's that's besides the point. Not only besides the point, you know, wake up a little bit. It's it's just such this this an, uh, this antipathy towards the notion of tenure because. The, they are conflating two issues. Most professors are liberals. But you don't hate them because they got tenure. You hate them because they're liberal. Mm -hmm. And tenure doesn't protect liberals. Because if you're in a sea of liberals, guess they what? They protect each other. Yeah, guess, yeah. What, guess what bites you on the ankle? The shark. Okay? <laughs> and if you're, if you're a conservative, guess what bites you? The liberal. Yeah. So maybe, and, and these conservatives sitting on their hands in the committee... And this is the problem, and I said this last week on your show, Dave. I said, I'm tired of conservatives not doing their job. I will actively support every primary when these people are just going along to get along and they're not doing their jobs. I want to see active conservative senators and legislators and, and representatives. And, and, and this is an example where I did not see that. And this is a disappointment. And this becomes crony, crony representation is what it becomes. So, so I think what you may have is a problem is that you have people that don't really understand where you're coming from because a lot of us don't. Well, it's very obvious, right? And so, so it may not be that they're that they're they have bad intentions. They're, no, they're just, I agree with you. I, I, agree I think with they you. may be to the point where. Yeah, when maybe. I were, the last right. last time I worked for for a corporation, right. I didn't get a contract. Absolutely, like that. They, they had That's a contract right. that That's I right. could be fired anytime the but boss you know, didn't like me. Here's anymore. what we don't like about liberals: the notion of envy. Right? Liberals are always, "Hey, what do you have? What's in your wallet?" You know, to paraphrase right. Right. the and, Capital and One. Yeah. That's probably what's, a fair right. assessment of the situation. Right. It's like, what's in my wallet? I'm, I make it's a modest your, salary. It's none of your business. Right? It's not in your, none of your business. I make a modest salary, and I have a four cause contract, which means I can be fired. But for cause, right? Yeah, specifically, okay. that's right. important. Cause, right? And this has happened before, Paul. It's, it's it's more than just bad intentions. It, it goes back to in the fifties to McCarthyism. They they wanted professors to sign something 
that said, I'm not a member of the Communist Party. Yeah. And, and, now what, and now what would they want me to sign, Chris? I am a member of the Communist Party, <laughs> right? It's, on campus. It's, right. it's exactly and, the opposite. And, and, and in a private institution, that should be perfectly acceptable. It is acceptable. Well, it, These right. are government entities. Well, I know, and that's, that's a problem. When we, ha- we have the government entity, and so therefore we have problems. That's right. That's right. Now, there are private universities that have tenure. And again, guess what? It's contract. It they contract. don't have to do it. Right. But they do it because they want to attract the, 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 the people they think are the best. All right. Final break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about my good buddies, R.D. over at Sonny's. Sonny's can help you take care of your automobile uh, by replacing parts on it from uh, parts on a uh, well-taken-care-of, completely-at-a-loss car. I mean, it's been in a wreck. It got destroyed. But the motor might work perfectly. The transmission might work perfectly but you don't want that body that's all crunched up in the rear end and everything so you don't want to uh, deal with that but all those other parts work perfectly <laughs> and were when they were uh, when it was destroyed i've got an engine like that in my car now runs fine just know you save a lot of money about 50 percent on fixing it that's sunny's uh <coughs> excuse me Sonny's in Jacksonville. By the way, if you missed it, uh, yes, sir. Rob, yes, sir. Who were those people? Didn't even give. Uh, oh, did I Senator did I mention Hemen- the name of the senators? Let's go through yeah. that list okay. one more time. There you go. That's Jane English. Uh, let me say Senator Senator English, Senator Elliott, Senator Cheatham, Senator Chesterfield, Senator Eads, Senator Hendren, Senator Johnson, and Senator Sturch. But let me tell you, I'm more critical of my own. Meaning, I don't expect the Democrats to extend the courtesy to a Republican senator just to bring up the bill. That's not their job. I'm sorry. I'd like them to vote for me, and I bet you they will vote for, for this bill and me. I mean, it's, I'm proposing this bill, or I'm supporting, I should say, this bill. Um, uh, I bet you they would vote for it. But the Republicans, hey, where are you? Well, do they have a defense? Is it 100 pages? How long is yeah, the bill? It's a page and a half. <laughs> it's a page and a half. And what... what- what was the clause? Can you explain the what the clause simply is? simply says if you have a tenure contract already, the university can't change it. That's the law as it is today. Okay. And the idea simply is let's avoid litigation because it's coming. I know the folks that are, who are looking to start it, and I'll jump in. I'll jump into the deep end of that litigation if I need to because they, the university, by changing the contract, is breaching the contract. You can't be on one side of a contract and change it. And they say, well, we clarified it. Well, clarification is a change unless you think the clarification doesn't do anything. And if it doesn't do anything, leave me with the old one. Yeah. And this yeah. affects just a few professors? Oh, this yeah. A- this affects a lot of professors. Right. Okay. And, and by the way, they ain't hiring new conservatives. So it really affects the conservatives. <laughs> right. All right. Excuse me, sir, but we yeah. don't need you here with that MAGA yeah. hat on. <laughs> we talked about we talked about how there was a dean uh, who um, who uh, brought in uh, wanted to bring in therapists when the president was elected. That was hilarious. The dean wanted to bring in therapists. They wanted when the to bring president... in dogs. 
Yeah, when the president. Crayons and coloring books. Yeah, coloring books and, 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 and weighted blankets. And <laughs> the feelings were hurt. Right? The feelings were hurt. Yeah. Just letting oh, the kids wear pajamas This was the most upsetting school. election in years. By the way, did you ever ask a Republican if it was upsetting when Obama got elected? Listen, I didn't. I, I didn't, was upset. I the was second upset time. Because, yeah, even because, more. Right. But guess what? I got up in the morning. I put my pants on one leg at a time the way yeah, I normally do. And br- then I took a shower because I got a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> if I bring jackets with buttons in the back, will yeah. they put them on? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's so fun. don't tell me this is these are not overwhelmingly leftist organizations. And I can't rely on the conservatives that Even I just listed Josh for you. Says. We, yeah, we had Josh Silverstein, a, an avowed liberal, come to the Senate and say, I'm a liberal and this bill is needed to protect conservatives. Yeah. And the conser- that wasn't enough for the conservatives. Wake up. Wake yeah. up is what I'm telling you. Well, now, and then the, the administrators got together and they proposed something to be voted on by the Board of Trustees. Well, they changed they, the rules. So for new people, they, for new people, the Board of Trustees made a watered-down set of rules. Hey, you can do it because when you're a bunch of lefties in charge of a university, you can change your rules consistent to what you want. Or if you're a bunch of conservatives in charge of a did, university, it's not this university, right. it's any university. Did they run it but, by some of the professors for some input? Well, that's a good question. They said during the hearing that, oh, we had a lot of input. Yeah, you know when the input? It was over Christmas break, largely. <laughs> literally. Literally. Everybody, everybody's got time literally. off. And, and, and those offices uh, are fully staffed. Or, or as known in academia, winter break. Uh, That's okay. right. You can't yeah. say Christmas. Winter break. Excuse me. But let's not get bogged down in the process. I don't care what the new rule is. Right. I don't care what that's, the new contract is. That's not a breach of contract. Is. That's not breach of contract. You can change a new rule. For the new guy, you can't change <laughs> you, my contract. You can change the contract before you sign right, it. Right. Can you imagine she, uh, the Chevrolet dealership? But Rob, they clarified it. Oh, they is clarified that, it. Right. They clarified it like butter. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing about the clarification. <laughs> Either you changed it. That's why you want the clarification. Or you didn't. Then leave me with the old one. I'm just fine with how unclear it is, apparently. That's right. Right? So what? that's it. You know, and, they clarified it for simply, their benefit. If it's just you know, simply decent clarification, then you might agree to it. Yeah, well. And th- then it would be okay. Yeah, and, and you know what? It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> it's a dramatic change. Right. I told one of the senators, uh, one simple process change is if you get fired under the old rules, they, they record the whole proceeding so that if anything needs to come up on, at a higher level, the new one, no recording. Now, who wants no recording? What kind of clarification is who that? Wants, what kind of clarification is that? The that person is obfuscation. Right. Person who's losing. Exactly. All that. That's obviously. Seems like they muddied the water and helping defend the professor that may be fired. Yeah, this this is trying to hide facts from a, a reviewer. That's Absolutely. what it's about. Absolutely. Is that clarifying? So did, did it actually or, prohibit recording? It, it's, well, it, it doesn't require it. It, it. Not only does it not require it, it was recorded with a stenographer, and right. they're not providing stenographers any longer. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. It's more than a clarification. That is not a clarification at all. So that's what I'm talking about. And, of course, they have these rules that say, well, you gotta, you got to get along to go along. And the new rules. That's collegiality. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> collegiality. Uh, right. Yeah, good luck with that. Good you know, it took that. me six months to learn how to say that word. Yeah. Well, that's a code word, right? <laughs> of course it's a code word. It's what they used to get rid of um, Marxists with. There uh, you go. That's, that's right. right. W- uh, w- way back when. during Because the they weren't scare. collegial. Because they weren't. Sc- and now they guess who's the minority in They academia? didn't play nice with others. That's right. And guess who doesn't play w- nice with others now? Conservatives. Conservatives. 
Right. Even if you do, even if you do, just because you got different views, oh, let's be clear. It really upsets. No, yeah, the let's lives. be clear. When I say don't play nice with others, I'm not. Ta I don't mean that seriously. I mean that is cover for getting rid of conservatives. But put all that aside for a moment. These conservatives on the education committee and conservatives in the Senate and conservatives in the House have to step up to the plate and start honoring and enforcing and legislating pro-contract positions. That is the most basic conservative notion that exists. And I'm disappointed, and we're bringing it back, and I want these senators on the record that they're going to do the right thing next time. It's too much. And I listen, I railed about this before this bill came out. What did I rail about? What have we seen on guns? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing okay. substantial yet. Nothing. Uh, what, what, what have we, we saw a silencer right? bill. Yeah. A silencer bill. That was it. We've seen silence. You know what we've seen on guns? Silence. Well, there's a big issue with that coming up yeah. with the medical marijuana cards and that's right. And that's concealed. Right. People better know that's, right. that's coming. They that's don't right. know it so, yet. So yeah. I, I've seen somebody suggesting. You know, sometimes the left will have sanctuary cities for whatever. Yeah. Uh, why don't we, we have a sanctuary, sanctuary have, open carry? Why don't cities? we make Arkansas <laughs> like a Second Amendment sanctuary yeah, state, whereas exactly. where we say, you know, you cannot enforce federal gun laws on Arkansans. You will, if you do, we'll arrest you. Why don't we? Why don't we do something like that hey, but, in Arkansas? You know, that's Paul, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, it is a pipe dream. But here's the thing, Paul. How about just writing a, another law that says you want to carry open slash unconcealed, you can do it. And, you want to you want to carry permit? Here's the streamlined way. Uh, or you don't need a sure, permit sure, to carry. And, and put teeth concealed. in. And put teeth yeah. in. Any government official who, who gets in the way is committing a crime. Yes. And put teeth in. And, and right. put a way for for um, for citizens to actually make that be enforced. That's right. So this is what I'm talking about. Contract rights, conservatives are supposed to be for. Second Amendment and the state equivalent thereof, conservatives are supposed to be for. And you know what I'm hearing? Crickets. Crickets. What were those names again? Oh, Chris. Chris is asking me what the names again. <laughs> Let me read those names again. We got uh, yes. Senator uh, English, Elliot, Cheatham, Chesterfield, Eads, Hendren, Johnson, and Sturch. Do and they Repu have a Republican card? Mm, all yeah. of them. All Three of them. Three quarters are Republicans. All of them would not vote at so, all. So nobody brought the up bill. the bill. Nobody so, brought up, and right. I don't expect the Democrats to bring up the bill. The Republicans should have brought up the bill. The Democrats would have voted, and we would have gotten at least some of the Democratic vote, and we should have gotten most, if not all, of the Republican right. vote. So, so the way that works is you, you present, the legislator presents his bill. To the committee to that the, he's not the, on. To the committee. Right. And, and then one they, of the senators on the committee has to has say, to make a I move that bill. And then yeah. someone seconds it, and then the bill is under yeah. consideration. And then everybody and then at that point, right. you know, cusses and discusses. That's right. Right. So, so they'll, And they'll then make, they take a vote. That's it. Yep. So that's the process right there. They'll make a motion. No vote. They'll make a no vote. Do pass. And, or sometimes. That, and that's, that's right. why I agree with uh, uh, Robert. Any of those other Republicans that were on that committee— yeah. If they had a bill that they were running, That's they right. would expect at least the respect of to running the up. bill. To bring it up. It, it, it does Senator seem like Hammer it would have been a, is a, is a, is a, is a staunch conservative. He's, he's voting for your bills on the floor, and he's voting for your bills in his committee, and, and you can't even bring up his bill? Yeah. Shame it, on you. Wrong. Sorry. Shame yeah, on you. That's wrong. I'm going to see you in the hallway, and I'm going to give you the stink eye. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the stink eye is coming out. You got you got one of those 
chicken foot. Yeah, I got a, I got a chicken leg in one shake hand, it, shake and, it and, and, and a burning ember in the other hand. Uh, Watch out! Uh, you know, uh, and there's actually another option I've seen before is they'll sometimes they won't even do a do pass; they'll do a do not pass. I've seen that happen before oh, I as well. Not seen that. And so that at least you get at least you get a at little bit get of credit. You get, you get a vote, yeah. At least you get a vote. And, um, so and that's when I, get a that's vote when and, I eat yeah. too much protein. Yeah, do not pass. Do not pass. That's horrible. You know, and Josh cheese. I'd like to take. Uh, credit for this, but I got to tell you, uh, uh, Josh staffed this bill more than I did. Josh was the Josh Silverstein, professor at Bowen. Remember, all uh, Josh and I are appear in our individual capacities here. And Josh did the primary staffing for the senator on this. The senator wanted it, but Josh did the legwork. Yeah, he yeah. did a good job on he it. He did a, g- a great job on it. Well, guys, we're out of time. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you, Robert, for coming by. It's always, always pleasure. And then you got to say how much you liked. You know, what were those uh, names the again? Senate, the Senate, uh, <laughs> you know, Elliot's bill about yeah. uh, Elliot's bill is a good bill. I haven't read the details, but the notion in the bill is a good bill. I mean that sincerely. I mean that sincerely. Okay. Chris, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. And of course, to Paul. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you. I'll this see is, you tomorrow. It's been a fun hour. Yeah, it has been a fun hour. <laughs> we'll get on the uh, uh, the cell phone bill for nine <laughs> eleven next week. You won't want to miss what I have to say about that. That's all coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, joins me in the first hour. Do not miss it. We're going to talk highway bill. Should be Dave Ellswick Show. See you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 